Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, December 4th, 2023. NFL Week 13 is coming to a close. A fantastic week that I cannot wait to talk about. The winter meetings for the MLB are underway, which means the stove is hot. It is extremely hot, and it is uh, it's about to catch on fire, based on some of these reports. And uh, the college football playoffs set. We're, we're going to talk about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and this just means that we are in a sports news and discussion heaven right now. There is so much to talk about, so much to argue about, and we're going to do uh, quite a bit of both today. Uh, I am certain <laughs> of it. So, for now, Colin, how do you feel? How how you feeling today? I feel great. I'm, you know, I'm ready to see how this episode goes once we get there, there's going to be some emotion on display, <laughs> mostly on my side of the screen, uh, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a hint right here. That's a hint. Um, so, and that, so that is the other hint, that. right? Over there is the other hint. Um, but, Colin, let's just go ahead and do it. Sunday Night Football on the screen. I think they just kicked off, maybe like the second play of the game. Uh, Kansas City Green Bay, but let's go ahead and get started with Thursday Night Football because that game was absolutely crazy. We don't typically talk about the Thursday Night Football game on here. This one we had to. Cowboys 41, Seahawks 35, and this one came down to the wire. Great fucking game. Yeah, insane performances from the star wide receivers on both sides. DK Metcalf, six receptions, 134 yards, and three touchdowns, including a 73-yard touchdown. And that was like the first one of the game, right? That was like his first, first or second touchdown of the game? So they they ran a play with Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. Just to start the first drive. Yeah. And then a slant over the middle to DK that ended up in a 73-yard touchdown. Yeah, and the fastest ball carrier speed of any player this season. Beat out yeah, Tyreek Hill. It was, was 22, it like, 23, 22, something? I think it was like 22, or something. That man like was that. almost speeding in a neighborhood. Yeah, you know, this time he had the ball in his hand running to the end zone. He wasn't yeah. chasing down Buda Baker. True, true. <laughs> uh, but on the other side, CeeDee Lamb put on a show as well. 12 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Both of these guys, insane days, and... Dak and Gino both had great games. Gino, 23 for 41, not the most accurate day, but 334 yards, three touchdowns, all to DK Metcalf, did throw a pick. But he also ran in a touchdown himself. On the other side, Dak, 29 for 41, 299, three touchdowns, no picks for Dak Prescott. And then uh, in the run game, pretty even as well. <laughs> Oddly enough, you had Zach Charbonnet, 19 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Tony Pollard, 20 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. What this game came down to is that the Cowboys' defense clutched up at the end of this game. Huge, huge, huge stops on the last three Seahawks drives. Micah Parsons. Oh, my God. It changed this game. Yeah. He he, he took over that defense. Yeah. Right there when it it mattered. Insane. Like, you had with what four or no, yeah, with like four se- seven minutes. There it is. With seven minutes left, 
you have Zach Charbonnet getting stuffed on fourth and one. Um, and that was the uh, the first turnover on downs. Then, they had two. They had two of them. Yeah, but um, then you have a Dallas touchdown to take the lead, thirty-eight, thirty-five, and then another turnover on downs, um, where they had some huge, huge defensive stops in the uh, secondary. Then Dallas goes down, kicks a field goal, extends the lead to uh, six points. And then another turnover on downs. This time's or this time four and out, um, with uh, quite the pressure from Micah Parsons. Yeah, and there at the end, Geno Smith was really trying to focus on finding that rookie in JSN. Yeah, uh, in key moments, and all throughout the game, he did a great job. Uh, but on those last couple of drives, they just couldn't connect, mainly because JSN is still new at trying to cut down his routes when Geno's having to scramble away from Micah. Yeah, Gino had no time to to you know let the let the route develop, and I know there was this one play where he like hit the route and Jason turned around and the ball was already over his head, mainly just because he did not find out yeah. where the ball was. Yeah, it, it did happen a lot late in that game because Jason looked great, seven receptions, sixty-two yards on eleven targets is definitely not bad, but when you consider the fact that on those last couple of drives where they went you know, uh, turnover on downs, like, he probably had three of his targets there. Like, JSN yeah. is the the prototypical, like, sure hands, slot wide receiver kind of guy. And it was just a matter of, of chemistry, I feel. It, you know, JSN, if he were, you know, some elite, you know, six years with Geno Smith kind of slot receiver, like a, a Julian Edelman, they would have the connection to know, like, okay, cut off this route, your QB needs help. Or, uh, you know, the team they're playing, like Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. That connection all game. Yeah, like, And Dak, Brandon Dak, Cooks. Brandon Cooks was a, a good kind of just safety blanket for Dak to find. Yeah, but when Dak needed a first down or he just needed to move the ball, he hit 88. Yeah. That's what it came down to. Uh, but something that surprised me, beginning Seattle – they just targeted Deron Bland all first half. Yep. And, and it was working. He was, he was getting cooked. Yeah. But um, he got his pick. He didn't get a pick yeah. six, but he no did pick off uh, Geno Smith. Yeah. I think the most surprising stat out of this game is that Micah Parsons didn't have a sack. Yeah, but that's <laughs> like, that's insane thinking about like how. Uh, he had three QB hits, zero sacks. Yeah. It was. It was insane. Which, like, the first half, Seattle's O line did a great job of giving Geno time. Definitely, but yeah. it, but when it when it really came down to it, man, like they were bringing corner corner safety blitzes. Like they were bringing everything. There's one like Micah Parsons literally didn't get touched there yeah. at the end going going to Geno. Yeah, and like, that how- forced Geno to throw that ball at the uh, the feet of uh, ooh, I think Charbonnet. Yeah how how the fuck do you let that happen? Like if. You cannot leave number eleven untouched. No, not at all. Like there's there's only a couple people you can say that about in the NFL. He is the best one. Yeah, it's him, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa. Yeah, those are the guys. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, a running back is not going to do enough against those guys. No. They they'll be lucky to lay a finger on them. Especially like especially not Charbonnet. Like Charbonnet's a, yeah. a, a tough runner, uh, but again, he's young. 
He's young and he has an experience blocking in the NFL. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> but yeah, the Cowboys come out with a, a huge victory. Um, it probably shouldn't have been this close when when you look at how Seattle's played against you know tougher opponents this season. But they got it done, and Dallas stays undefeated at home. Yeah, you know, Seattle, the week before, Seattle got embarrassed by the 49ers. Yeah. So, you know, they came out with a statement, and the Cowboys just weren't expecting it. Yeah, but they clutched up there at the end. They get the win. Let's go ahead and start talking about Sunday. Um, This first game, probably one of the more exciting games to watch this week. This game was all over the place. I know me and Colin had some stake in it, a little bit of a kicker duel for fantasy football. Uh, but the Colts win it 31-28 over the Titans in overtime. Wild, wild game. Gardner Minshew, one hell of a game for the guy. 26 for 42, 312, two touchdowns, no picks, only got sacked three times. Uh, no Jonathan Taylor in this game. That definitely changed the, the approach here, but you got to look at his top two receivers. Michael Pittman Jr., 16 targets, 11 receptions, 105 yards and a touchdown, and that touchdown, the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And then Alec Pierce, three receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown, and he had a long of 55, which got them all the way down the field in overtime to get his first-ever 100-receiving-yard game of his career. Yeah, and you could even make a statement about the top three. What is it? Kylan Granson, three yeah. receptions, 72 yards. Um, yeah, everyone else was sort of a non-factor. It was sort of weird to see Josh Downs, only five targets. He's uh, he's one of those young bucks that has really been blowing up this year. Um, but if you want to look at the other side, Will Levis. I want to say he had a good game because, you know, the game went into overtime. He did not. No. Derrick Henry is the only reason they were in this game. Definitely. 21 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. And he left in the third quarter. Yeah, and Tajay Spears did fill that spot very well. I don't want to take that away from him. 16 carries, 75 yards is fantastic. Um, It's just that he didn't have enough time to put up the kind of numbers that Derrick Henry did. Yeah, I mean, Will Levis had the same amount of completions as uh, Tajay had rush attempts. Yeah. Um, And six sacks is crazy, saying that the Colts' defensive line is not that great. No, it's not. <laughs> at all, but like you had shows. you had Samson, uh, or Samson uh, Abukum with two sacks. Quiddy Pay had two sacks. Jake Martin had a sack, and uh, DeForest Buckner and Eric Johnson split one. That's crazy. Yeah, DeForest Buckner is probably the best one on that defensive line. Yeah, yeah. But that, that just shows you how shitty that Tennessee line is. Oh yeah, it's like uh, it's I'm, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing shade at Will Levis, but. You know, he's definitely gotten humbled since that first game against the Falcons. Yeah, and you also can't you can't just avoid the fact that you had Ryan Stonehouse, the Titans punter, get two straight punts blocked, and one of them injured him and knocked him out of the game and forced <laughs> forced Nick Folk to come in and punt his first hey. two punts of his career. They weren't horrible, but they he definitely weren't great. I think he did fine. He did okay. Both you know, both of them are like forty or forty one yards, so it's not he, that bad. He did he did the best he could. Yeah, he Listen. did. But I need him to hit that extra point. 
right, we can't be doing that. <laughs> you know, that's that was personal. I felt personally attacked when he missed that extra point. Yeah. But he made it up when he nailed that 46-yarder in overtime, which gave the Titans hope, but the defense just couldn't hold on, which led yeah. to the Colts 31 over the Tennessee Titans 28. Yeah, it was a big one. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on that one? Not really. Uh, like we said, this is probably this is probably the second most exciting game we're going to talk about. Yeah. Actually, there was so many. I, there might be others ahead of it. But uh, this is definitely not one of them. <laughs> Dude, do we even do we even have to talk about this? We're gonna say we're gonna say the score. We're gonna talk shit about the people that played bad, and we'll move on. Okay. Ugh. Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, just say it. Say it. Uh, six. New England Patriots zero. Yep. Whoa. And all, all points were scored in the second quarter. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't snowing. It wasn't. No. It was not snowing. Uh, I don't even think it was raining. Bro, that's like Justin Herbert just, you know, couldn't get shit going. Austin Eckler just couldn't yeah. get shit going. 14, 14 carries for 18 yards. yards. He had a oh long of four. Oh, my a God. A long of four. This guy wanted an extension. Yeah, he's about to get cut. Honestly, Joshua Kelly had a better day. Six carries <laughs> for 16 yards. That's not good. That is no. not good. And then you had uh, Bailey Zappi starting in this one. Ugh, 13 for 25, 141. Didn't throw a pick, which is nice. Uh, he got sacked five times. Dude, I'm looking at it now. Justin Herbert didn't get sacked at all. Yeah. But yet you can only put up six points? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh. But Ramondre so Stevenson did go down. So that led to uh, 17 carries by your boy, Zeke. Oh, you know, is he better than Austin Eckler? I guess. <laughs> what about Tyquan Thornton? Better than Austin Eckler. One carry, 39 yards. He had as many yards as Ramondre Stevenson had. Yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, listen, he got hurt, still was better than Austin Eckler. That's true. Very but true. At the end of the day, that's all we're going to talk. This game was fucking horrible. Yeah, it was it was pretty oh, bad. Khalil Mack, two sacks. Derwin James, a sack. Eric Kendricks, a sack. And Justin Hollins, a sack as well. Uh, Eric Kendricks and Derwin James had insane games. Yeah. Like, this had, this just had to have been a boring game to watch. Yeah. I like, can't, you know, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch a single minute of it. Um, and that was intentional. A lot of drop passes, too. Quentin Johnson had two drop passes. Keenan Allen had a couple. And... I think Donald Parham had a couple. It was just, it was brutal. Goodness. Honestly. All right. Well, let's get into an exciting one. Yeah. Lions 33, Saints 28. This one was crazy because you had Detroit score 21 points in the first seven minutes of the game. Go up 21 to zero. Then into the second quarter, the Saints score a touchdown. Detroit kicks a field goal, and it's now 24-7 at half. So it still kind of seems unattainable. Well, then the Lions kick another field goal in the third, and New Orleans scores two touchdowns. All of a sudden, it's 27-21, and it's actually we we have a football game here. We have a six-point football game. Then the Lions, they get two field goals. The Saints only score one touchdown in the fourth, and it's all over there. But you had Derek Carr go down in the fourth quarter. Brings in Jameis Winston, who wasn't throwing him too accurate. 
Nah, missed missed Alave on two yeah. open passes. And one of them was really bad. <laughs> like, Alave <laughs> was standing still, wide open. Jameis had nobody in front of him, threw it, and Alave had to, like, flip over to his left to try catching just nothing. His closest defender was five yards away from him. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Probably yeah. would have resulted in some points on the board. Yeah, and I don't know what happened to... Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery in this game. David Montgomery had 18 carries for only 56 yards. He ran in a touchdown that was entirely set up by Jameer Gibbs' 36-yard run in which Jameer only had seven more carries, put him at eight carries, 60 yards. These guys were simply not utilized correctly. They both got two targets in the passing game, which Jameer Gibbs should be getting way more considering how he's received the ball this year. And then you look at, like, Amon Ross St. Brown only getting six targets. And he only had two, two receptions. That is insane. But then that Sam Laporta was the guy this week. Nine targets, nine receptions, 140 yards and a touchdown. And some tough catches. Some real to tough catches for Sam Laporta. I know I know you were, uh, you know. You, I was pissed. You were, ho- was pissed. You were hoping a couple of those were going to drop or something. But yeah. Amon Ra is a double-digit target guy. Oh yeah. Like oh, he yeah. needs to be fed the ball. And honestly, Jameer Gibbs needed to be handed the ball more. Yeah, I think what happened with this game was like the Lions got up so quickly so early, but like they weren't even running plays. Like it was yeah. just like get down the field in a couple of plays, score a touchdown. And like it's almost like they didn't get to go through everything. Yeah. I think they got comfortable. Yeah. You know, they definitely they scored I think the defense the really did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Taysom Hill, uh, and Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr. I think if Derek Carr doesn't go down, I think Saints got a really good shot at winning this game. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, they 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 fought. They tried, yeah. and I think um, I'm trying to see was Marshawn Lattimore. I'm pretty sure he he's was out. Hurt. Yeah, he's on the IR. So who the fuck was locking down Amon Raw? I don't know. Whoever it was though did a great a great job. Like was. Was the honey badger like just hawking him the whole time? Had him double covered? Like, I don't fucking know. Either yeah. way, come on. Yeah, it was pretty what tough. But overall, you did have Brian Branch getting an interception in this one. There you go. You know, he's yeah. feeling a little good. Yeah, about- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. Not yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, anything no, else I- for this one, though? Nah, really good game. You know, Titans trying to hold on to that top of the division with the the surging. Uh, you mean the Packers. Lions? I said the Lions. You said the Titans. I said the Lions. You said Titans. Okay, I meant Lions. All right. It's been a long day. I worked this morning. You didn't. Okay. I mean, I've been working all day. I've been taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All well, right. Next game, kind of. Okay. No, I can't just say kind. It sucked. I'm gonna I'm let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you take this. All right. I picked the other one, so you got to take this one. The Atlanta Falcons, 13. You notice how I said their name first. That means they won over the Jets, who scored eight points. Good God, do I hate Desmond Ritter with a burning passion. 12 for 27, 121, and a touchdown. A great touchdown catch by Michael Pruitt, which was so overthrown for such an open receiver. Ritter got sacked three times, fumbled the ball, 
think he ended up picking it back up himself. I know we didn't lose it. We didn't lose any fumbles, but he fumbled the ball. Just horrible offense on both sides because then you have Tim Boyle, who later left the game for Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Zach Wilson didn't see the field in this one. Um, Tim Boyle was 14 for 25, 148 and an interception. Trevor Simeon was 5 for 13 for 66 yards. He got sacked three times. This was some of the worst quarterback play I've seen in a long time. Yeah, Yeah, you know, Trevor Simeon, he fumbled three times, recovered two of them, and lost one. Yeah. And that was, I'm pretty sure those were all in the fourth. That was bad. Oh yeah, because it was real. Bad. We we gave them so many chances to go down. And oh win my this god, game. there was so many three and outs. Yeah, like we we even gave them like great field position where they were at R forty, and yeah. then they just take us like our defense just locked up. Like our defense is what saved us this game. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Our defense, the last two games, has genuinely just won us the game. Like Bijan didn't run very well today. 18 carries for 53 yards. He did okay in the receiving game. Three receptions, 26 yards. But like Drake London was getting bodied by Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. It was ridiculous. And then um like you had Kyle Pitts as the leading receiver. Four receptions, 51 yards. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, dude. No. Your offense is never going to be good when Desmond Ritter is your quarterback. Yeah, and and like a lot of a lot of Kyle Pitts' targets, he either one of them he was he committed an offensive pass interference, and two of them they committed a defensive pass interference, and he got eight targets and four receptions. <laughs> and like, how do you even work with that? Like, what do you do in that scenario if you're Kyle Pitts? I don't know. Get find a new quarterback, but. The Atlanta defense was insanely good. Bud Dupree had two huge, huge sacks, and it was game-changing. Of course, Jesse Bates had a great game as well. Um, and then you had a sack uh, sack from Richie Grant uh, and Arnold uh, Ebiketti. Just overall, such a fantastic game from the Falcons. Colin, since you're unfrozen, um, would you like to say anything about this game? First off... Why does it always do this shit? I don't know. It's your internet. I don't think... Dude, my internet's perfect. Don't know. It's not mine. I don't fucking know. No, this game was <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah, it was bad. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't, even, Cook, I don't even want to talk about New York's running, dude. <laughs> Dalvin Cook needs to be fed the ball more. Yeah, Brees Hall is so inefficient. It's not good. Yeah, 1.2 yards per carry for Brees Hall today. But... Let's move on to the next game. Um, I would say this one was exciting, except it took hours to be finally completed. (laughs) Cardinals 24, Steelers 10. First of all, the Cardinals won their third football game of the season. Second of all, this game started at 1 o'clock, and it didn't wrap up until halftime of the 4 o'clock slate. Yeah, about that. Yeah, two separate... Very long rain delays in this game. Really? And Pretty Kyler Murray played like shit. Oh, yeah. And that's a big big factor of the rain. Yeah, yeah, the rain so, was a big part of it. 
what happened? James Conner took over. Yeah. Came back, and it really didn't take over until they came back from that second rain delay. Mm-hmm. That's when we really saw James Conner yeah, take over. Yeah, he so, hadn't really done anything in that whole game until that. Yeah, 25 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. That really sealed the deal. And Kenny Pickett left the game hurt. Yeah, and I think that did really hurt them because, like, he wasn't having a bad game at all. Like, they go into that delay, that first delay, which was, I think, right before the half, um, and Pickett was 7 for 10. They come back, and Trubisky's out there, and it, it just seemed like he didn't quite have it. And neither was in the run game was obviously pretty difficult as well. But Najee didn't have a bad game. Jalen Warren didn't have a bad game. They just simply didn't run a lot of plays in this one. Yeah, you know, they connected with Deontay Johnson there late game. Yeah, George Pickens. George Pickens had a great day. Yeah, four receptions, eighty six yards. You know, wish he like would have scored him, a touchdown. We like to see him get in the end zone a little bit. Um, man, I'd, let me tell y'all, Grayson was over here sweating. Yeah, Prize Picks, bro, have me going. <laughs> but no, yeah. Overall, Arizona Cardinals three wins. Yeah, on the season, really blowing their chances at a top tier draft pick. Yeah, it's like they're not. It's like they don't want Marvin Harrison Jr. or something. Maybe they do think he's going to stay. No, I guess they're they're big Hollywood Brown believers, oh. or Greg Dorsch. God, Greg Dorsch believers. I don't no. think they believe in Greg Dorsch. One catch, 19 yards on three targets. Uh, for all you fantasy owners that started him in your flex, I'm sorry. I gave you all false hope. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, but let's get into the next game. Um, yeah, this one was bad. Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. <laughs> not as bad as 70-20, to 20, I guess, but certainly not a result the Commanders were looking for. And uh, Sam Howell, what it is probably the worst performance of his career. I think it you could say. Great. 12 for 23, 127, no touchdowns, an interception, and three sacks. Wow. An oh, my gosh. An interception that was a pick six. Yeah. And it was a very bad pick six. To none other than Andrew Van Ginkle. What a beautiful name. It is a great name. But let's talk about Miami's side. That's obviously the more fun part of this matchup. Tua, 18 for 24, 280 yards, two touchdowns. No no picks, no sacks. Once again, Washington gave up all of their pass rush ability at the trade deadline. Um, Devin A. Chain had a great day, 17 carries, 73 yards, two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert got in on the scoring, 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. But the first half was the Tyreek Hill show. First drive of the game, I think, maybe the second. 78-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Okay. <laughs> A few drives later, negative four-yard reception for Tyreek Hill. Oh, no. Next next one, 60-yard touchdown reception for Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and, look, we play in one of the most fucked-up scoring systems in fantasy football. I love it because it's chaos. It came back to bite me in the ass because Colin had Tyreek Hill, and he had 43 points in the first half on three receptions. Oh, we love to see it. And then did jack shit in the second half. Yeah, because he, he just didn't play. Yeah. Why, he was off the field a lot. Yeah. 
couple of tough drops for Jalen Waddle in this game. Um, he was eight targets, five receptions, 52 yards. But, yeah, look, this was all Tyreek Hill and uh, the running back tandem in this one. Yeah, welcome back, Devin A-Chain. Yeah. Welcome back. Picking up right where he left off. Yeah, shout out Jahan Dotson. Two receptions this week. Hey, he's climbing. I didn't start him. Yeah, he's finally, uh, what, it was zero two weeks ago. One last week, now two this week. By the final game of the season, he's going to have, like, what, seven? <laughs> maybe maybe throw a touchdown in there? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stretch it. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Sam Howell's like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, Sam Howell, uh, Sam Howell is trying to not have the most passing yards in the league. Ron Rivera's got to go. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. OC is fine. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy, like, totally like fine. Ron Rivera's got to go. Yeah, get my guy a couple offensive linemen, and we could be talking. This team has no heart. There's nothing. Nothing yeah. there to motivate them to win football games right now. Yeah. And you took the heart of their defense away. Yeah. Yeah. You traded them away. Yeah. So you better draft some pass rushers this year. And let me tell you, there's not that many good ones. No. But it's probably one of the weakest for pass rushers. Yeah, especially in the last couple of years, considering, you know, guys like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, um, you know, Tyree we could Wilson. Go all day. We could go in all last day. year, and then the year before that, you got the Jordan Davises. You've got, of course, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson. Uh, Trayvon Walker, like all these guys over the last couple of years. Now you come into this year, I don't know who the best is, actually. Now that I'm thinking of it, maybe it's uh, JT Tuomeloa from Ohio State. I guess. I mean, it's just like. I don't know. Damn, man, that is tough. I don't know who the fuck it is. Listen, um, come closer to draft time. We'll break it all down. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll know who it is. Trust <laughs> me. And we're probably going to talk highly of him. But Yeah, you know, and then he'll pan out, so you know, and then he won't pan out at all. Yeah, just so you know, as of right now, we Tyree have no Wilson. idea who the fuck he is. <laughs> remember, when you, remember when you wanted the Falcons to draft him? Yeah, I did. I, I actually really wanted them to. Well, because I thought they were going to take Miles Murphy, and I did not want that to happen. And he hasn't been good for the Bengals, so I'm not mad. But no, we take B. John Robinson, and we don't okay, want to properly. Yeah, okay. Well, now that we kind of are, it is kind of working. But I'm not here yeah. to defend the B. John draft pick um, yeah. because we need a quarterback before I can do anything. It, it, listen, it wasn't needed at the time. It was But we're not, we're not going to go into no. this rambling no. of it because we'll be here all fucking night. Yeah, and we've already done this before on multiple occasions. So let's move on to another great game. Houston Texans, 22, Denver Broncos, 17. Whoa, this game was gut-wrenching. Like, literally sitting here like, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know how. I don't know, like, what. I don't know what's going to happen. Because it was uh, it was a 10-13 to 13 ball game. Houston had the lead at the half. Then, uh, well, it got it was tied. No, uh, Houston took was, a big lead. Houston um, had an interception. It resulted in a touchdown. Uh, you know, on the next drive, it went up. They went up twenty-two to ten. Then Denver got it back in the game with a touchdown, made it twenty-two seventeen, and that's how the game ended. 
after five more drives that went punt, interception, punt, interception, end of game. But you had the Broncos get almost all the way down the field both times and then throw a pick. It was brutal. Yeah, it was not good. Brutal. Not good at all. You know, Javante Williams, not really a good game. Yeah, uh, not great. Cortland Sutton, two receptions on seven targets. Yeah. Yeah. But, listen, his two It was a lot of bad throws, though. It wasn't even a lot of drops, like, last week. This week was just, gen- like, literally so many passes where he ran up the sideline and Russell Wilson just threw it way over his head. Yeah, but listen, still two receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, uh, with a 45-yarder being the touchdown. So, I mean, contributed, but fucking swing it over to Nico Collins. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nine receptions, 191 yards on 12 targets, and he got the touchdown. And he was really the only factor in the receiving game. Brevin Jordan had a pretty good game. You had Tank Dell go out. Uh, He got hurt. I think he's out for the season now, correct? uh, Fractured fibula? fibula? Tough. Um, but like no Dalton Schultz already in this game. He was ruled out the other day and they really couldn't run the ball all that well. Damian Pierce, 15 carries, 41 yards and a touchdown. Devin Singletary, eight carries, 36 yards. But then you have CJ Stroud get lit up, um, on a play where they did a tush push. He just ended up at the bottom of the pile, got a little fucked up, came back out. The next drive, I think Davis Mills came in for one play, threw it to Nico Collins for 18 yards, and then they shipped his ass right back to the bench for <laughs> C.J. Stroud. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how many times they've done that this year? It's crazy. <laughs> C.J. Stroud will go out for like a play because yeah. like he just got rolled up on or something. Yeah. Uh, Davis Mills comes and just throws one completion, and then they're like, okay, that, that was your moment. Go back and uh, grab me some yeah. water. Dude, that's some, that's some classic Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub shit. Matt Ryan would be like he'd run and he'd slide and he'd knock his like knee brace out of place and he'd have to like go off the field. And Matt Schaub come in for a snap, but just hand the ball off. Yeah, just hand the ball off to Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman, and then get right back over to the bench, start warming up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this game was insane. Yeah, and how about Russell Wilson? Ten yeah. carries for forty-four yards and a touchdown is pretty big at this point in his career. Yeah, you know, he's starting to use his legs more. Yeah, we've, like we've, it, we've it's it. yeah, it seems like um they're really liking the options um with Javante Williams in the backfield. They're starting to give him the primary carries. You're not worried about, you know, last week it was P Ryan. You know, in prior weeks Julio McLaughlin was was a a popular one to get carries, but it seems like all the carries are going to Javante, though he didn't have a great game. Um and then Russell Wilson running the read option a little bit. Yeah, you know, you'd like to see little Jordan Humphrey get some more targets. Agreed. Mainly because it's a great you know, ass what, name. Yeah, what what announcer doesn't want to say that name? Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Imagine a eighty-yard touchdown for little Jordan Humphrey. Fucking awesome! Yeah. I never used this term, but I would be hooting and hollering if little Jordan Humphrey scored an eighty-yard touchdown. Yeah. All right, we're gonna break this down for y'all because me and Grace were talking about it earlier. With this win for the Texans, this was probably their their hardest game for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because now, for the 
the next five games, you have the Jets, you have the Titans twice, you have the Browns, and you have the Colts. That is, they can easily win out and finish what the season what would we say twelve and five? Yeah, twelve and five. That you know, that will get them a spot in the playoff. Oh well, not, that'll probably that could win this division over the Jags. Yeah, the only thing is like they don't play the Jags again. Yeah, but it, it, when it comes down to one. it, the Jags don't have an easy route. The Jags have to play the Bengals tomorrow, uh, on or today Monday. Um, but then you have the Browns and the Ravens back to back. Browns on the road, Ravens at home, and then you play the Bucks, the Panthers, the Titans. You're probably you're probably winning those last three. But Browns and Ravens are not given. I don't know. Buccaneers could be a hard matchup. Yeah, the Buccaneers could be a tough one in Tampa. And honestly, Titans can as well, a divisional matchup. Yeah. Uh, we saw we saw how they just played the Colts. True. But that's all gonna be depending on if Derrick Henry is playing. Yeah. But it'll be know, interesting. Jags should win tomorrow going up against Jake Browning. Let's be honest. You can only assume. Unless Jamar Chase goes off. That's don't you don't want that to happen, Colin, do you? Grayson, just uh just keep adding on to the list of losses. Yeah. Yeah, I'm losing <laughs> a lot today. Lots of losses. Uh well, if you um if you don't mind, let's move on. To the yeah. four o'clock slate. Buccaneers twenty one, Panthers eighteen. Panthers tried to win this. They game. really did. They really gave them a run for their money. At and Raymond it wasn't James. Bryce Young. It no, was not Bryce Young. It was not. Um instead, it was a huge play by Mike Evans. Seventy five yard touchdown that gave them the lead. Seven receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown for Mike Evans. Stand up and take a bow, man. Have a day. Yeah, that was that's a day for sure. But, like, you had Carolina in the third quarter up 10-7. And then Mike Evans, first play of the drive, 75-yard touchdown. And, uh, yeah, that lead was uh, short-lived for the, uh, the Panthers. But... Um, they tried. They really did. Like yeah, if if you don't if if they don't get that Chris Godwin touchdown there in the fourth, Panthers probably would have won this game. Well, listen, that drive for the Panthers in the second when it resulted in a field goal. Yeah, they were inside the fifteen. Yep. Bryce Young got sacked, and, and once it just, again comes down penalty. to the fact that they have no offensive line, no help. Like it's just. And also, what the fuck happened to Adam Thielen? Yeah. Like. He just stopped he, trying. He just get old. I guess. He can't weeks. get open anymore. He can't create separation. Yeah. Jonathan but, Mingo. Look good. Ten, yeah. 10 targets, six receptions, 69 yards. I like that, especially for a rookie. Yeah. And the thing is, I had I had uh, streamed him for this week. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let me drop him and let me get Chuba. 25 carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns. I didn't fucking start him. <laughs> no. I started Greg fucking Dorch. Yeah. That was that's insane that you even thought to do that. There was never a world where Greg Dorch, what, number four what three wide receiver on that team? Four if you count Trey McBride ahead of him. He's the fourth yeah. option on that team. 
He was never going to have a better game than Chuba Hubbard. I don't know. The last two weeks, he had over 15. But Chuba Hubbard was going to run the ball in this game. Yeah. And I'm happy they chose him to run the ball and not Miles Bummy Sanders. Oh, my God. He sucks. He, he's he got to retire after this year. No team fucking wants him. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no way anybody wants him on their team. Like, it's it's horrible. Like, like it's- the e- the Eagles upgraded getting, like, what? Swift. Yes. You get Swift. And you get rid of yeah. Miles Bummy Sanders. Yeah. That's his new middle name. I hope you know that. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Overall, like, uh, NFC South fucking sucks. <laughs> That's so bad yeah. this year. Colin, what do you think Miles Sanders' yards per carry is this season? Yards per carry? Yeah. Like, 1.8. No, it's 3.1. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got to remember, he's had some games where he's run for, you know, more than he's carried. It's like it's... It doesn't feel ugh. like it, but yeah, he sucks, dude. It's bad. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's go to the next game, though. Not much else to talk about that one. Quite a bit to talk about here. Rams 36, Browns 19. The return of... Of Joe Flacco to an NFL football field. And uh, I'd say that Flacco didn't disappoint. He did his job. Yeah. The defense just could not stop the Rams. Yeah, which was crazy considering you had Puka go out with an injury late in the game. Or not really late. It was like right into the second half. Uh, I don't know if he returned. I didn't really get to watch like the end of the game. Um, But. Puka went insane. Four receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But considering he went down, like the Browns should have capitalized on that 100%. And the defense simply couldn't do it. Matthew Stafford had way too many options every single time he was getting pressured. He was able to just toss it off to somebody. Yeah. And it worked out well. A lot of, a lot of times he did throw it out of bounds deep, but... He was he was able to not get sacked once against this Browns defensive line, which is something that I don't know if they've done at all. I don't know if they've had a single game where they didn't record a sack this season. Honestly, yeah, you're probably right. Whether it's uh was it Miles Garrett, you know, Alvin Tomlinson. Yeah. Like they're they're usually in the two to three range when it comes down to sacks. If, Definitely. Like a lot of the times it's not even Miles Garrett. No, a lot of like, times it's like a Zadarius Smith, somebody like that, um, to get in there and get a uh, get a sack. But yeah, nobody on this team got a sack. Um, they couldn't run the ball. Cleveland, twelve carries, forty eight yards for Kareem Hunt, two carries, twenty yards for Pierre Strong, and it took quite a climb for Jerome Ford. Nine <laughs> carries, nineteen yards, but man, was he in the negatives for a while. He started off, he was like four rush attempts for negative eight yards. Yeah. I think I saw something like that. Yeah, bad. Like, it was not good. Really bad. Uh, but he did he did catch a touchdown. Three receptions, 33 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, then you had a you had a uh, receiving touchdown for Harrison Bryant. Five receptions, 49 yards. Four receptions for Elijah Moore for 83 yards. Amari Cooper did nothing. And he had a real bad drop in this game. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? I'm pretty sure the first drive, he caught the first two passes of the drive. Yeah. He was a bit, he could not get open. Elijah Moore was always the guy open. That's why he had 12 targets. 
It's unfortunate he only caught four of them. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was a struggle. Yeah, and I, you could put some of the blame on Flacco. I'm not going to yeah. just let him get off scot free, but that one was uh, interesting. But for Stafford, you know, outside of just having to throw the ball away because he was getting pressured, he had a fantastic game. 22 for 37, 279, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Uh, and then Kyron Williams just doing his thing again. 21 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. He did his normal, um, have a horrible first half, and then just explode in the second half, um, which seems to work for him very well. Yeah, you know, he uh, wears down the defenses. Yeah. Defenses get tired there late in the game. And that's when he started racking up, you know, your your five yard carries, your eight yard carries, everything like that. Just, that just keep adding up and you can just keep moving down the field. Yeah. He definitely did a good job of it. And uh shout out Ernest Jones. Fifteen total tackles in this game for the Rams. Damn. Holy shit. Kobe, dude, Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner were everywhere yeah. on Joe Franco. Like it was bad. And then they got that safety at the end of the game. Joe Flacco, like, I think he forgot how to use his legs. He hadn't played football in so long. Did he ever know how to use his legs, though? <laughs> I, it was bad, though. Like, yeah, no. He almost bad. he almost ran into the goalpost. <laughs> like, it was that bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad to watch, but he didn't throw the ball too bad. But let's go ahead and move on to America's Game of the Week. 49ers-Eagles. Um should have been Sunday night football. Yeah, definitely should have been Sunday night football. But I guess this <laughs> I, I want to say it was a good game. It wasn't. The 49ers dominated the Eagles. Yeah, and here's the thing. The first quarter was so fucking bad. Oh my god, it was sloppy. Your final you're like you're coming out of the first quarter. The Eagles were up 6 to nothing. And I think Brock Purdy was 0 for 4 on passes in the first. Yeah. Like, it was horrible. And granted, he finished 19 for 27. 314 yards, four touchdowns, only got sacked twice. Yeah. After the first quarter, the 49ers put up 14 in the second, put up 14 in the third, put up 14 in the fourth, and the Eagles just never had a chance. Yeah, like after the, the two field goals in the first quarter by the Eagles – the 49ers went on to score 21 unanswered points. Then they give up the touchdown to Jalen Hurts. Um, and then Debo Samuel touchdown. Juwan Jennings touchdown. It's 35-13. Devontae Smith catches a pass, gets a touchdown in the fourth. Still down 35-19. And then Debo, a crazy slant, 46 yards, takes it to the house. And um, only the second play of that drive. And they uh they make it forty two nineteen as the final. Yeah. And what a day for Debo. Yeah. Like probably his best rece- game of the season for sure. Receptions four. Receiving yards, 116, two tutties. Yeah. And he only got targeted four times. Yeah, and the thing is, like it wasn't like it was like deep balls. Like, it was a lot of slants, a lot like I think one of them was a screen pass. Yeah, his last touchdown was a screen pass. Yeah. He got in untouched. He was bobbing and weaving yeah. through the defenders. Crazy. Like, it was it was bad. And then he ran in uh, a jet sweep, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he had three carries for 22 yards. And his first carry, I'm pretty sure, was for negative eight yards. Yep. But, yeah, man, let me tell you. 49ers, 
So they needed revenge because the last time they played the Eagles, they didn't have a healthy Brock Purdy. Yep. Who who was who who was it that was uh oh uh J- Johnson some Johnson jo- was it Josh Johnson? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Josh yeah. Johnson was the starting quarterback. Uh, they act- they activated him off the practice squad because Brock Purdy hurt his elbow, and then yeah. Johnson got a concussion. And Brock Purdy had to just go in there with a, a torn UCL. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure for a while there, weren't they running Debo at just Wildcat? Well, they did it with McCaffrey a lot as well. That's McCaffrey cool. was technically their emergency quarterback. That's. that's and Jalen <laughs> Hurts got banged up a little bit this game. Yeah, we saw he, Mariota come in uh, for, I think, just I think one drive or like yeah. just like a little bit uh, during the drive. drive. Yeah. Not even a full drive. But. Jalen Hurst did come back, so Philly fans, you can breathe. All yeah. right, he's he's, he's going to be okay. Not a great game. <laughs> no. 26 but, for 45. Like, why is Jalen Hurts throwing the ball 45 times? Yeah, I should. Like, yeah, I get you guys were down. You're trying to get back in it, but still. You got to give yeah. DeAndre Swift the ball more. Six carries is not enough for him to do anything with. Yeah, and I know, and two- I know it's hard to run against the 49ers, but that's not enough. Yeah, and only two receptions on six targets. Yeah. It is. Listen, if y'all want to know how to run on the 49ers, uh, listen, they got they they did something special in Minnesota when they played. Madison ran the ball well. Yeah. And, and it was And he doesn't run the ball well against anyone. No. Not at all. So, but yeah, overall 49ers whooped that ass. Yeah. Well, um, uh... Since that one's over, speaking of whooping ass, the Green Bay Packers are whooping the Chiefs' ass right now. It's I've fourteen wait- to three. I've been waiting to say something about it, but I just—I was like, I'll wait till we get there. But Jordan Love is cooking right now. Yeah, holy he's ten, shit! He is ten for eleven, one hundred nine yards, two tutties. Yeah, and we still get—we still got four minutes and fifty-five seconds left in the second. Yeah, no, uh, no bookworm connection just yet. No uh, love to read. No, not yet. But started off with Ben Sims, a one yard pass. Who the fuck like, is Ben Sims? <laughs> I, I don't know, but why? I uh, guess they just back up. I think third string tight end from Baylor. Bro, are they using all tight ends right now? Because you got Tucker Craft. Yeah. Is think, Dontavian Wicks? The no, Dontavian string? Wicks is a is a wide receiver. Um, but. Uh, Musgrave's out, I think. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. So Ben Sims, wow, undrafted, I believe. Yeah, and you know Patrick Mahomes has already been sacked twice. Strong you know, jawline on Ben Sims. I just had to point that out. I just saw his picture. He looks crazy. I hate you. He looks Kenny like Daniel Clark- Jones with a with a mullet and a perm. Oh, gross. Kenny Clark <laughs> and Rashawn Gary split a sack. Yeah. And then Luke Van Ness. None yeah. other. Absolutely pummels Patrick Mahomes to the ground. That was another good pass rusher in that class. Um, yeah, this game's it's weird, man. Kelsey, only two receptions for 33 yards. He's only got three targets. But oh, Pacheco's running the ball really well. He is. Yeah, seven carries, 54 yards is crazy. Yeah, and yeah. listen, like, the Chiefs are moving the ball down the field. They just couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah, and considering how the grass is at Lambeau, Pacheco's run style doesn't seem like it'd be great for that that kind of surface. 
It works. He is punishing the uh, the grounds of Lambeau Field at the moment. And it looks like the Chiefs are going to have to settle for another field goal. Yeah. They got down to the Green Bay 11, but listen, Patrick Mahomes just got sacked for a third time. Goodness. Yeah, three yeah. sacks, and they've lost 21 yards on the three. Meanwhile, Preston Jordan Smith. Love ain't even getting touched. Listen, this is this is Nathan's worst nightmare right here. Yeah, Harrison Bucker already knocking down two field goals. Brutal. But as I, let me finish, Jordan Love also found Christian Watson in the second quarter yep. to take that fourteen to three lead, and then you have Harrison Bucker that just knocked down the thirty four yard field goal. So from where we are right now, Green Bay leads fourteen to six. Kansas right. City Chiefs. Well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. There's not much to talk about. Drake, Jake Browning versus Trevor Lawrence. Um, you could probably guess how that's going to go. Yeah, listen, I think the key for the Bengals is utilizing Jamar Chase no matter what. The Jaguars' pass, pass defense is not not great. Yeah. Not great. So, listen, you gotta you need Jamar Chase to be your Debo Samuel. Use him in jet sweeps, screens, slants go routes like you he needs to have more than 12 targets this game yeah definitely that is the only way you win this game yeah because I, I mean i'm thinking joe mixon isn't gonna run the ball well against this defense because they can stop a run they can't honestly jake yeah. browning is this gonna be his first primetime game yeah it's also the jags first monday night game in 12 years well, I guess last week was Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens, wasn't it? Or was it Thursday it was night? Thursday night. Uh, okay. So he's yeah. got back-to-back primetime games. Yeah. So we'll see We'll see how it pans out. But, I mean, I, I think the Jaguars are going to take this one. Yeah, we'll see. I know you need Jamar Chase to follow because what are you down, like 30? Something like that? Uh, Something like that, yeah. Hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah. Just so y'all know, Grayson scored the second most points in yeah. the league. And I'm just behind Colin. <laughs> yes. I, I am down by 28 points, and I just have Jamar Chase left. Mm. The only thing I could have done, insanely enough, is start Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott. That's yeah, what more. would have helped my team. Brock Purdy in his, finished with, in our league scoring. 48.6 points. Oh, it's because he had the double 40-yard yeah. pass to uh, yep. Debo. And he had the 300-passing-yard game. Damn, bro. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, and four touchdowns definitely helps. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that pisses me off now. Um, <laughs> one, just another thing to piss me off today. But wow. um, Grayson just keeps taking... Taking L's, yeah. taking losses. What's your what's your prediction in this game? Jacksonville's favored by seven and a half. I just said it, bro. Jack, Jack, Jags are going to take it. Okay. A score? Oh, uh, give me. You know, I think it's going to be like a like a twenty eight to fourteen. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I think the Jags are going to win it twenty four to thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Again, touchdown and two field goals. Yeah. Or uh, two touchdowns and a missed extra point when they try to go for two. I, yeah, I guess like that, that that could go. That could happen. <laughs> I was more going Listen, to touchdown, two field goals. 
Listen, we've seen a lot of missed extra points today. Sure. Games. Quite a few. Oh. Quite a few. Uh, but, yeah, that, that rounds out NFL Week 13. Uh, you're a little late if you haven't done so, but um, if you had any Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, or Ravens in your fantasy lineup, they probably put up zero because um, they're on bye, just in case you were wondering. But Yeah, they're not playing. Yeah, no. No, last time they're- I checked. But their team didn't lose, that's for sure. Um, so I guess now is a good time to uh, talk about talk the rumors. There's so many rumors afloat in the uh, in the MLB. It's going to take a start, little bit. Let's yeah. just start with the biggest rumor. Yeah, look, let's talk about the only guy anybody cares about in this free agency. Yep. Shohei Otani could be making his decision within the next week. That's some um, big news. That is huge. Yeah, and I'm looking at this next line, Grayson. Yeah. The Blue Jays? Blue Jays are doing some work. They know that there's some guys leaving in free agency. They're a finalist for Otani, and they're also in trade talks with the Padres for Juan Soto. Oh, that. see, personally, I don't like that move for them. I don't know. I think they'd have to give up too much for Soto. And you're taking yeah. on a huge, huge amount of money salary. Whereas you pick up Otani, you give up nothing. You're going to pay a larger salary for a better player. Yeah. Just listen, you still got Vlad. Yeah. You still got Boba Shet. Still got George Springer. A, George Springer. You if you add on Juan Soto and Shohei Otani. You have no money. Yeah. Nothing. Like, you're going to have to put your house up because you're going to be so, like, so far in debt. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, Let's talk about Dylan Cease, though. But before, I still, are you holding on to your prediction on where Shohei's going? Yeah, he's going to the Dodgers for sure. Yeah. We've we've got something about that later on that we'll get to. But. Let's talk about Dylan Cease for a second. Looks like there's four teams that are all in on Dylan Cease. The Dodgers, because they're in on everyone. Uh, The Braves, lovely. The Cardinals, who I've already picked up two starting pitchers. Or three, I think, right? Lance Lynn. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. And Uh, Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Hey, I told you that the Cardinals were going to be active. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely were. Uh, and then getting, the Baltimore Orioles, who I thought were going to be much more active than they have been thus far. I think they're waiting for the right people. I think so as well. And I think Cease would definitely be one of them. It's going to be tough, though. Um, look, Dylan Cease, the only thing in the Braves' way of getting Dylan Cease is that we've depleted the farm system quite a bit with these trades we've been making. Uh, just over the last couple of years, we we gave up so much for Olsen and then Murphy, and you know some of those like those last second trades at the trade deadline. We've given up some good prospects. Then to get uh, Aaron Bummer, we give up some prospects. We've definitely depleted some, and um, we're might have to give up some major league talent for Dylan Cease. Yeah, I it's wouldn't like- mind sending Bryce Elder. No, honestly, no. Let, <laughs> let Dylan Cease come home. Yeah. Because, what, he pitched at Milton, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Hey, yeah, a frequent uh, of Oregon Park disc golf. It's more Sequoia. He's a, he's a Sequoia kid. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he's uh he plays with uh, Alden and Isaac in them. Gotcha. Yeah, he's nasty. Nobody knows what we're talking about except nah, Nathan. Yeah, it's 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 when you throw frisbees and baskets. Yeah, it's when you go out in the woods and you throw rubber plates at chains. And you pray you make it in. And then if you make it in, you go absolutely fucking yeah. nuts and you uh slam a six pack. No comment. Um all right, next thing though. Let's talk about the next thing. Cause look look, Cease, like we can be like, oh, well, does he fit here? He fits on every team. He's a good starting pitcher. Yes. Um, but this next one is interesting. The Yankees, who are also in on every single free agent, every single time, and every trade, everyone, <laughs> everybody talks to the Yankees and the Dodgers. The Yankees talks with the Padres seem to have stalled over the weekend at the winter meetings. Interesting. Starting to make me think, wait a second, we don't need a right fielder. Like, why the fuck are they trying to get Juan Soto? You don't, you got judge. Yeah. Like, unless like you force, you could force him to play left field or just force one of them to DH and just send off Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton can DH. Soto could play left field, which Soto played left field in Washington. That's not a problem. Yeah. It just be weird. You don't need him. No. And he's not good defensively, which was a big issue in left field for them last year. And listen, all he does is walk. Yeah. That's it. But then again, lefty bat, Yankee short porch, that might help him out a little bit. I still think the outfield move that would work the best is Bellinger. Yeah, 100%. Because he's also a lefty bat, but he hits way more for power. And he's a much better defensive player. Yeah. Let him play center field. Oh, yeah. So that one's interesting. But on the other end of what would be a Soto trade is the Padres were actually interested in trading for Corbin Burns. Uh, It's likely, you know, likely Blake Snell will probably be out. Um, Nick Martinez is already gone. Uh, They've lost a couple of other pitchers already. Um, Listen, listen, if I'm losing Blake Snell, Corbin Burns is the guy I want. Oh, yeah. This year was a down year for him, and he was still one of the best. Yeah, like... Corbin Burns is that guy who's just going to go out there and shove for you no matter what. Yeah. And his off game is, like, a lot of times what other starters wish they could do. Like, that's yeah. his off day. Like, he's insane. He's got electric stuff. His slider is nasty. And he pitches really good in key moments. Like, he games. Yeah. Like, he, he, you give him the ball, he'll go out and get you the win. Definitely. Um. All right. Next one kind of sucks. <laughs> I got to say. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The Dodgers are now the top contenders for Otani and Yamamoto. Oh, I'm going to throw up. See, that's the thing I, I talked about is that if you get Otani, you got a real good chance of getting Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yo, hold on. I sent you this guy, Grayson. Remember? Yes. I can't the remember his name. Shota Imanaga. Why do you say it like that? I don't know. Just pronounce it in your own accent. <laughs> Shota, Shota Imanaga. Perfect. Like, this dude... He he's, shoves. He's hitting the market, and he's yeah. like nasty lefty. Listen. What is Atlanta it? Atlanta Braves. Over, yeah. It's... The man... He had a 3.18 ERA... Uh, 1,021 strikeouts, and he had a 64-50 win-loss record. 
And he threw a no hitter out there, I think. And he was a two time All Star. Over there, that's tough. That is tough. That is tough. They are disgusting over there. Yeah. Um, he needs to be a brave. AA needs I would to love it. He needs to do whatever it takes I to make it. him a brave. And if that brings in Yamamoto as well, so be it. Even better. <laughs> and if but, it brings in Shohei, I guess we're fucked. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I guess we gotta just like cut some people that are making guess, a lot of money. I guess, you know, Azuna's gotta go and <sighs> Dang it. Dang. <laughs> That really that really sucks. I guess you know. Then again, we'll he had on. a great year last year. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I get not it. Shit, not a But fun thing, funny, definitely gets things in the mix. The Red Sox expected to be a finalist for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Hey, I said the Red Sox were gonna be yeah. more active than you think. Yeah, this would be a fantastic move. They've uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um. The rookie for them this year from Japan, uh, the hitter. Oh, uh, Yoshida. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that was your guy, bro. How do you forget his name? I know. I know. You're well, like in love with him. I liked him. I I wasn't in love with him. The, the guy that I liked was uh, Fujinami. Yeah, Shintaro <laughs> Fujinami. That was my guy, and he really disappointed <laughs> me. <laughs> Talk about a really bad take. Yeah, um, that one. That one was tough. That was... I thought he would be great. Oh man. Um, yeah. Look, if the Red Sox are going to be in talks, you know, it, it, once again, this kind of fits the mold. People said that uh, that Yamamoto wants to play with a fellow Japanese player. The Red Sox have one, and a very good one at that. Um, I'm still surprised I haven't heard much about the Mets. Yeah. It's. It seems it's like they are kind of sticking to this thing of like going for the young guys, prospects, build it up, rebuild, be ready to win by twenty six. Here's the thing: I got a feeling they're just going to be sneaky. They're just going to like steal guys. Yeah. Out from. I think other- if they're not getting Yamamoto, they might be getting the guy that you were talking about, uh, Shota. Yeah, the lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that, I think I think be. they get one of them. Yeah. One of the three between. Uh, the lefty Yamamoto and Otani. They get one of the three. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but our next one, pretty interesting. Jordan Montgomery could Ooh. be making a decision as early as tomorrow on where he's headed. And Come look, on, baby. I don't know what's happened at the winter meetings. I pray to God that Alex Anthopoulos has been on the phone with Jordan Montgomery's agent all day. Dude, listen. We missed out on a guy that we thought we were going to snag in Sonny Gray. Yep. We need this guy. Yeah. We we need him. Yeah, I agree. Tim or Snell? Like, yeah. Him, Snell, or Cease? Why not all three? That'd be nice. We'd have to trade. <laughs> We'd have to trade and pick up a bunch of guys. That's fine. Fine I guess. Me. I guess I will go to the White Sox and let Dylan cease. <laughs> yeah, Colin is going to be um, subjected to being a White Sox fan, which soon enough they'll probably be in Nashville, so you should be fine. Oh, <laughs> shit. Grayson, we're going to spend way too much time up there. No, we're not. I'm going to the fucking Braves Stadium. It's down the road. I know. I know it's Nashville. But then again, I haven't gotten a chance to experience it in the ways that you have. Yeah, but listen... We go to whatever the White Sox are called when they go play there. The Nashville White Sox. Is that actually what they're going to be called? I don't know. They haven't done anything yet. 
<laughs> and then once that game wraps up, we go catch a Preds game right down the road. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah, Josh Giddy will be playing. All right. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, relief. Found innocent. Enough. Bro. Enough. Relief pitcher Robert Stevenson uh, of the Rays, formerly of the Rays, has been a hot free agent talk at winter meetings. Guy that kind of showed up out of nowhere last season. Didn't expect him to be all that big of a target, but I don't really know. Who's shown interest? He was very good this year. I know. Uh, yeah, this season, a 310 ERA in 60 games, 52.1 innings pitched, 77 strikeouts, and only a .88 whip. That's fantastic. Um, I would take him. Yeah, coming out of the pen, he's he's you know a one-inning guy. I de- certainly wouldn't mind it. Good righty in the bullpen. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't. That. I don't really know who's showed interest in him yet. I just know that it seems like he's been being talked about quite a bit at the winter meetings. You know, it's something like the Rangers could go look at if Josh Hader's on the move. Yeah, um, or the Orioles with Felix with Felix Bautista's injury. Yeah, like there's some teams that are looking for that bullpen help. And for with sure. The, with the season with how Robert just had, listen, could be interesting. Fun. Yeah, well, uh, so the Cleveland Guardians obviously had a bad year this past year. Their head coach or their manager, uh, Frank Kona, retired. Now, they're entertaining offers for Emmanuel Classe and possibly even Shane Bieber. Yo, can we package them and get them out? <laughs> yeah, to yeah, get both of them. Send them Bryce Elder and... Uh... uh I would send AJ. Did we already send AJ somewhere? No, 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 no. I would send AJ. I like AJ though. I listen. I really like Grayson, AJ. If we had the possibility to get a package of Beaver and Classe, I want to remind you that Emmanuel Classe blew the most saves in the MLB last year. But he also had the most saves. I know, but that's because the Guardians don't win by much. <laughs> <laughs> he had Bro, the most Classe- opportunities. Class A just started fucking around, bro. He didn't care. Yeah, I guess that's fair. What about Shane Bieber? He didn't have a great year either. Again, he's playing for the Cleveland Guardians. He didn't care. He could go out and throw uh, a one, give up one run, and they're still going to lose because their offense was horrible. Yeah. Okay, well, I'd like to point out the fact that 2023, he had a 3.8 ERA, and he was 6-6, and and he started 21 games. Yeah. Bro, That's what do we not say? Good. What, what do we say, Grayson? I Change, I, w- I would not mind getting him. Like this is for sure the lowest value he'll have. And a change of scenery can do wonders. Yeah, it definitely can. Uh, look, I have no problem getting Shane Bieber. I'm just saying he's not, you know, the Cy Young anymore. Oh yeah, That's I don't care. All right, he'll be pitching behind. So what what kind of teams do you think are looking at this right now? For the package? Yeah. It, not mean, even just for the package, just individually. Orioles could be one. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, honestly, if the Tigers are looking to be competitive, Tigers could go out and get them. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't hate the Tigers getting Bieber. Yeah, because listen, if, if you get Bieber, that might leave uh, Erod to stay, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. 
you get him to stay and you need to start bolstering that bullpen. Maybe the Tigers go get because Tigers got a lot of prospects that they can work with. Definitely. Like with the amount of picks that they have had recently. Yeah. Um, and I'd be willing to send off pick- even some guys that were promising, haven't quite panned out in the majors, like a Casey Mize. That just can't stay healthy. Yeah. Honestly. But listen, you could get Bieber and Classe, and then you could also go out and try to get Stevenson to bolster that bullpen. Yeah. And then you start getting just those little bats to, you know, fulfill that lineup that yeah. you already have. Go out and get Jimer Candelario back in Detroit. Yeah. You already Maybe. picked up a Mark Canna. You already have him there. Go get Jimer Candelario a solid bat. You got the young bat. Spencer Torkelson had one hell of a underappreciated season last year. Riley, Riley Green, Green starting to turn some things up. Yeah. There's some people Man. that need – you know, need the attention right now in Detroit, and they're not getting it. I think bringing in a couple of free agents will certainly start to turn the tides over there. Maybe contend maybe, with the Twins for that division. Maybe you go get Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, to fill that outfield spot. Like, there's a lot of people they can go out and get. Yeah. Well, we know Akil Badu's not doing that. Nah, but <laughs> they, they they need a Ooh. shortstop. Yeah, they do. Javi Baez has got to go. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, definitely. Not a lot of shortstops on the market this year, though. Yeah, I mean, you could go out and get like a Jonathan India, play shortstop. That's not I know bad. he's yeah he's an original shortstop yeah. that transitioned to second base. I wouldn't hate that. Or um, maybe you go over to San Diego, get you a. It's not even for shortstop, but Jerkson Profar. Yeah, he could really play anywhere. Exactly. He, I'm pretty sure he has played everywhere besides catcher. Probably. Um, but you know, like, go get like those guys that are just scrappy. Yeah. You don't have to get your – you already got your heavy hitters. You got your speedsters. Just get your scrappy guys. The guys that don't strike out a lot, they put the ball in play. Uh, and they make def- teams really work to beat you. Yeah. Go out and get like a Nick Madrigal. No, I'm not a fan of that guy. He doesn't strike out. Yeah, but he plays a decent shortstop. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like when I – like watch him play. It's just like something about him just. Yeah, no, he kind of sucks. Off. Like something about him just yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. This one's interesting to me. Isaac Paredes, who had a monster season, could be available via trade. The Mariners and the Blue Jays seem to be some possible landing spots. That's what? a big deal. What was he third base? Yeah. Was that who it was? Yeah. So look, Mariners got Suarez. Yes. Do you, do you push Suarez to DH and just platoon him? Look, Suarez does not play good third base. Exactly. And he's got he actually he might be a free agent. I would take that swap. Oh yeah. Or and I'm wait, look, hold on. Is Eugenio Suarez on the Diamondbacks? Shouldn't be. Unless did he sign recently? ESPN says he's on the Diamondbacks. Is Suarez? Did we miss Suarez signing with the Diamondbacks? We sure did because he must have signed there this year because it doesn't show that he's played any games for him. Hold on. Bro, how did we miss that? I don't know. D-backs, D-backs, D-backs. Oh, he got traded there a week ago. Oh, bro, what? What, fu- what did we miss? 
And they only sent Carlos Vargas and Sebi Zavala. What the? I will have you know, Sebi Zavala, I believe, had a three-home run game a couple years ago for the White Sox. Yeah, he was that catcher. Yeah, but he was that catcher that got in the fight. Yeah. He he filled in for Yerman Mercedes when they sent him down. And Yasmani Grandal when he sucked. Yeah. Oh, God. But, okay, so, fun fact, guys. You had there's an open, yeah, third, there's an open third base spot in Seattle that we didn't know about. Looks like we know where he's going now. Yeah. But Oh, Evan Longoria is a free agent. The Blue Jays could fill it, too. It's true, because Matt Chapman's definitely leaving. Going to New York. I think so. I definitely think so. All right, so, yeah, I think, I think Paredes goes to one of those two. I think it's confirmed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about Tyler Glasnow? Could be on the trade block as well for the Rays. He's an interesting one. Ooh. He's at you career know. low value for sure. Coming off multiple injury-ridden seasons. Hasn't looked the same when he does pitch. Ever since that substance ban, he's really fallen off a cliff. Yeah, you know, oh, dude, it's like part of me wants to say if the Padres, like when Blake Snell goes, he fills that spot. But... Yeah. um. One team is just like knocking when I think about it, bro. And it's it's the Pirates. Hmm. Like, cause you got Quinn Priester. Yeah. Um, you got Mitch Keller. You got Young Bucks. Do they? And you got you got young bats that are coming up, and they look really good. You just need a guy that you can go and turn to, like Mitch Keller. Played a great first half of the MLB. Yeah. Second half was awful. Didn't Tyler Glasnow start his career in Pittsburgh? I'm pretty sure I've seen him. I think he did. Pittsburgh Pirates jersey. Yeah, he did. He was a pirate, went to the Rays, and I... I did, do they, did, does he, he go got back? traded there in 2018. Does he go back? He might. Definitely wasn't good with the Pirates. I can tell you that. No, well, I mean, he was young. <laughs> Relax, Grayson. But what about the Reds? That would be interesting. I wouldn't Get hate him that. For cheap. Get him for cheap. Yeah. I don't know. But I think he goes to the NL, honestly. Yeah. I think it's it's it always surprises me how old he is. He's 30. Mm-hmm. He's played eight years in the MLB. Yeah, but last year we were big on talking about how the Reds uh, pitching staff, you need that veteran status. Yeah, agreed. I think Glasnow would definitely work out there. Yeah. Uh, all right, next thing. The Orioles have been in talks with Josh Hader due to no. uh, due to Felix Bautista's injury that could leave him out for 2024. Think about that. Yenier Cano setting up Josh Hader. Yeah, it's nasty, but uh, no. Why not? Because... Why not? Talked about this, Grayson. We put together the perfect bullpen. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, I got some more updates, some things that maybe tie up some loose ends with this stuff, um, which I got this morning. A few things have happened. So, first, the Blue Jays are 100% in on the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Second, Shohei Otani has received 
multiple bids well north of $500 million. What? And, and he's some, not even pitching. Some think that the bidding could reach $600 million. Holy fuck. And uh, per John Heyman, the Dodgers, Cubs, Blue Jays, Giants, and the Angels are believed to be the finalists. But that, a new suitor again. could emerge. We don't know of a team yet, but a new person could hop in the mix. Read those names again. The Dodgers. The yep. Cubs. The Giants. And the Angels. So the Angels are still fighting. Yeah, the Angels still want him. They're not going to just let him go without giving him a bid at least. Also, I I think I mentioned something about him hitting at Wrigley Field. I uh, look. I know the Cubs are going to be spenders for sure. So especially especially if Belly goes. Yeah, look, they spent on a manager. (laughs) They overspent on a manager. They're going to be spending on players. Yeah. Now hear me out. If they get Shohei, do they keep Bell? Like like. I think Bellinger's gone if Shohei comes in. Um. But let's talk about Juan Soto. Talked about how Soto. Uh, to the Yankees talks stalled. Looks like they're back in in motion. Looks like that move is back in motion. Um, yeah, looks like um, this says the discussions between the two clubs are bound to heat back up as winter meetings kick into full gear on Monday. I don't. I don't see it. All right. Let's talk about this. So first of all, the winter meetings right now are in Nashville. Um, which I didn't know. This is, the, this is a new location for him. But looks like the Yamamoto sweepstakes is heating up. There's an interesting team in the mix. Mariners. Team? No. West Coast. Giants? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it looks like right now, according to Bob Nightingale, who... Historically is wrong. <laughs> let's get that let's get that straight. He is historically wrong. Yeah. The Giants, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Mets are in on Yamamoto. So we, we've gotten confirmation the Mets are talking about it. The Yankees, he said the Yankees are doing everything possible to get Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That's sad. That is sad. Yeah, that's Ugh. Yamamoto's career is going to die if he goes. Yeah. So we had talked about the uh, the Cardinals that um that they were one of the teams uh looking. So are to they get, out? Yeah, looks like they might be out on Dylan Cease. The Cardinals really? they might be out on Dylan Cease. Um, yeah. He- do they try to bring Jordan Montgomery back home then? Maybe. I think it's just that they've made these moves now that they don't want to trade some guys away to make the move. Yeah, um, I think I think St. Louis really they want to play the free agency market and you know just pick up contracts. Yeah, and not really trade away people. Oh, I just I saw like something interesting. Look. I just saw. Something I like that look. Okay, so we talked about Paredes and Glasnow possibly being on the block. A Rosarena? Yeah. No. Randy Rosarena might be on the block. We need a left fielder. 
Holy shit. Oh my god. Oh shit. Yo. <laughs> this is uh This is a crazy off season so far and we just got started. Yeah. Yo, Grayson. Does do the Texas Rangers go get a Rosarena so no. him and Adolis no. can play together? No. They got too much going on in that outfield. Uh, looks like the Mets are looking for outfield help. If they get Randy or Rosarena, I'm going to be pissed. If they get a Rosarena and Shohei? That would be crazy. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to just... Uh, oh, we could be seeing a, uh, a KBO player get put on the market on Monday. Uh, Is it Young Hu Lee from the KBO. Wow. Okay, uh, three hundred or a three hundred and forty career batting average. Right. He had a four hundred and seven on base, four hundred and ninety-one slugging in seven seasons in the KBO. What position? He is a twenty-five-year-old center fielder. We could work with that. Nah, I don't know. He did win. No. Uh, he's oh my god. He's twenty-five years old. He has won the KBO's version of the Gold Glove five times. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Don't tell me he's going to go to the Mets, too. He was the league MVP in 2022. Jesus. This guy's insane. Looks like the uh, Padres, Giants, and Yankees are among the teams that would be uh, the best suitors. I can see the Yankees getting them. Yeah. And then he'll suck. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me if they get yeah. him. So there's three guys that they're really hunting for right now. And that's uh, Lee, Yamamoto, and you know, Juan Soto. First off, that outfield would be ridiculous. Yeah. Second off, I would. Uh, they would still not make the playoffs. True. Yeah. I bet Luke's got to be happy. Luke, yeah. Luke, gotta be he's probably stressing all right yeah that looks like all the updates i've got now Uh uh-oh grayson yeah that means uh means we're moving on Uh (laughs) uh-oh to uh conference championship college football playoffs all that stuff right here uh we'll start with the uh the conference championship games pac-12 championship game uh Oregon wins, sorry, Washington wins, 34-31 over Oregon. Like, I get you wanted Oregon to win. Yeah. I just, I looked down and I saw Oregon and I was like, okay, they won. It was a great game. It was. Bo Nix just couldn't couldn't handle the pressure. Once again, Kalen DeBoer outcoached Dan Lanning. Yeah. It was. uh, How about Dylan Johnson? What a, one hell of a game for him. His second half of the season has been incredible. 152 yards, two touchdowns for him on the ground. Jalen McMillan coming back for this game was crazy, though. The fact that he has missed so many games this season, comes in, has a better game than Roma Dunze. Nine receptions, 131 for McMillan. Eight receptions, 102 for Dunze. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah. I, I Personally, I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. Me neither. Um, but just by looking at the score and the stats, 
it was a nail biter. Definitely like was. Both, the both teams knew what was at stake. You win, you get in the playoff. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah, and you had, you know, Washington goes up early, real early in the game. They're up twenty to three, uh, late into the second quarter, and then Oregon gets a touchdown right before the half, makes it ten to twenty. They score a touchdown coming out of the half, make it 17-20. Then they score another touchdown in the third. Washington puts up no points in the third, and Oregon has a 24-20 lead going into the fourth quarter. And then two straight touchdowns uh, by Washington. And then Oregon gets a touchdown at the end with two minutes left. They can't get the win, but good Lord, was it close. Yeah, I mean, that's this is the type of game you want to see out of number five versus number three. Yeah, and right. Bo Nix... Really, really fucked up in that second half, man. Like yeah. he struggled. Yeah, it was like, it was it, pretty tough. Not it was not fun to watch. Uh, saying how much he dominated yeah. this this season, and you know, Heisman hopeful. Yeah, I think they just handed the Heisman over to Jaden Daniels. Yeah, but yeah, like you have, you know, an interception in the second half. Uh, that was pretty bad uh, in the third quarter. But then when it comes down to it, like Washington running the ball so well was insane because they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter with 12 minutes, 23 seconds to go. Mm-hmm. Oregon ran one drive, and then Washington came out and scored another touchdown with two minutes and 44 seconds to go. The way they ran the ball and the way they chewed the clock down was impressive, to say the least. Like, they only ran down, what, two and a half minutes of the fourth quarter in that first drive. Oregon only ran five plays. And then Washington ran 12 plays, 82 yards, ran down six minutes and 20 seconds. It was crazy. And then, like, you have Oregon come out quick, Two plays, 75 yards, 30-second drive, get the touchdown, and then they shut him down for the last two minutes and uh, and win the game. Yeah, and, you know, shout-out Treshawn Holden over at Oregon. Yeah. Former former Alabama Crimson side getting that one reception for 63 yards and a touchdown. I think that was that – was that the – was that the one in the fourth quarter? I think so. Had? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they two plays for seventy five yards, a thirty second drive, that really gave them the chance to come back and win this game. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Michael Penix just did what Michael we knew Michael Penix could do. Yeah, he had a couple rough games, but he stood his ground and he got his team into that final four spot. Yeah, and look, it you know we talked about it when. Washington won the first time. If these two teams were to match up in the Pac-12, it's hard to beat the same team twice. They did it, and it it got them places. It got them into the college football playoff. Because let's be honest, I think this game was a playoff for the college football playoff. I think it, the winner of this game for sure was in. Yeah, with one, with with a three and a five. Yeah, and with how good these two teams are, there's a good chance this like. Maybe our national champion just came from this game. Possibly, possibly. It, it, uh, we'll get. Th- we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, I, we're not making CFP predictions just yet. Well, maybe we'll yeah. do that next week. So all we have is the Army Navy game. Um, but 
for now, let's talk about the Big 12 championship game. Texas fucking shit stopped Oklahoma State. 49-21, Quinn Ewers, the best game of his career. 35 for 46, 452, four touchdowns and a pick. Um, You had Kylan Robinson, four carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. C.J. Baxter, 13 carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. We even actually uh, got to see, um, shit, what was his name? Jonathan Brooks, right? The running back that got hurt, right? For Texas. Well, no, no. He he came on the field. He didn't get a carry. Came on the field for the final play of the game when they uh, kneeled the ball uh, just so he could be on the field for the the last game there, um, which then got him into the college football playoff once again. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that game happened. Uh, Then we had the SEC championship game. Colin, I'll, yeah, I'll, not, I'll let you take this one, man. Before we go there, you're not going to shout out A.D. Mitchell and Jatavian Sanders on Texas? Nope. Fuck Texas. All right. Cool. All right. Four o'clock Saturday, I've had it. December 2nd, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yep. You have the number one Georgia Bulldogs and the number eight Alabama Crimson Tide. Let me Let me just say this. Before I break down into it, Alabama's only wa- lost one game in this stadium. One game. And it wasn't an SEC championship. Correct. So, a, a lot of questions. How is Jalen Milrow going to do against one of the top, like a top five defense in college football? Not that good. No. <laughs> not really. Not really. He all. was like one for seven. In the first on the in the first quarter, yeah, but uh, Georgia couldn't stop Roydell Williams or Jam Miller there in the beginning, yeah, and that started to open up Jalen Milrow's arm, which got significantly better in the second half, yeah, if I will say. But what surprised me is that I'm sorry, why is Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey playing at fifty percent? Like you, if yeah. you. If you're Georgia, you are shooting yourself in the foot. They can't get separation. And you're catching balls in traffic all game. Yeah. Like, hold on. Arian Smith got one reception for 53 yards. 51. 51. Sorry, I looked at Brock Bowers' total yards right there. Yep. Why did he not get the ball more? Exactly. Like, you have these five-star recruits that came to play for you that are 100% healthy and ready to eat. But no, yeah, Brock Bowers was your guy. He still is your guy, but he's not healthy. He can't compete at this level right now. Lad McConkey, literally after every snap, was hobbling to get back to the line. Yeah. Like, he could not, he could hardly put full pressure on his foot. Like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot when it comes down to it. Yeah. But, man, I know we're going to have to talk about it here, Grayson, because it's being said all around the world right now. Fourth down play to Isaiah Bond Actually, in the second quarter. Can we talk about Carson Beck? I can't remember this happened before or after. Carson Beck fumbling that ball. Was that the second oh. half? Uh, No, that was in the – hold on. That was in the third quarter. Okay, so yeah, you can go ahead uh, with the f- the fourth down play. Yeah, all right, so the fourth down. It's fourth and long, not fourth and 31. 
but it's fourth and long. And, you know, Jalen Milrow underthrows Isaiah Bond. It was fourth and four? Correct. I thought it was like fourth and 13. Nope, fourth and four. All right. Smoking something. But it's very controversial because it led to a 10 point swing. Jalen Milrow underthrows the ball. And Isaiah Bond makes his best attempt to catch it. But the replay officials, I believe, missed a call. They did not replay. But when you look at it, so the ball was forced out by contact of the ground. When you look at it, the ball rolled. He did not maintain possession when it hit the ground. It's really close. It is really close. But Alabama did what every fucking team in the nation would do. Hurry up offense, get the playoff. Kirby Smart could have easily just challenge. Yep. That's all you had to fucking do. Yeah. All these Georgia fans are bitching. Like, oh, Bama pays the refs. Like, Bama, it's Georgia versus the refs. Like, they, we are in college football. All right. There is no such thing as a perfect official. Yep. All right. Like that's these are your parents that go to rec baseball games and expect a perfect strike zone when you look at it. So yeah, it it all momentum went to Alabama after that play. We went we went down, we scored, and we got a ten point lead there. And what do you know? We win by three. Yeah. So um I need a break, so I'm gonna let you take yeah, over. I wanna that talk a about bit. this fumble. This is fucking embarrassing. He tried to be fancy with it. Yeah. He tried to sell this jet sweep, I guess. Because they faked faked the handoff to the left. He turns around to hand it to the right to Dylan Bell, who's coming across the field. It's just like Dylan and just kind of hits it into Dylan Bell's hands, doesn't really let go of it. So it knocks it out of Carson Beck's hands. He thinks Dylan Bell is running the other way with the ball. Meanwhile, Carson Beck is standing there just like staring out into the fucking nothingness. And. Then they allow Tresman Marshall to pick up the ball and recover it. And this is on, might I add, UGA's 17-yard line because of a Brock Bowers false start. Yeah, and uh, let me just say, Tresman Marshall, former UGA player, yeah, entered the transfer portal. Let's just say Georgia, you know, they had some former players. Well, Jermaine Burton had some drops. But I will say. He, also a, he also had a sick-ass touchdown catch. Correct. But... Once again, this could have been avoided. Who knows? Maybe they go down and score a touchdown. But the way they came back and played defense, where this drive started on the UGA 17, they held them to a field goal. They held them to one-yard gain on that entire, like, after that fumble, which is amazing, but you're already down by a touchdown. Now you're down by 10 points, and it's all a climb from there. Yes, they get a huge stop. They force a punt on a three-and-out. On the, the drive after Georgia punted themselves. They score a touchdown. And then right back at it. Bama touchdown. Georgia scores another touchdown. Tries to get back in it. And then they just allow Alabama to get just free first downs. Just yeah. absolutely free first downs on that final drive. And then they lose. And it's like, first of all, you can't blame the refs. In that game, you can't blame him for that drop pass because you don't know what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah. First of all, like, you don't even know if Georgia would have gone down and scored because of how this offense was playing the whole game. Like, up to that point, 
all they had was a touchdown. They had one touchdown, and it was on the fucking second drive of the game, and they hadn't done shit since. Yeah. You can't blame it on that. They had missed a field goal. That's a game changer. You fumble the ball. You give Alabama a field goal. That's a game changer. Georgia made the mistakes. Georgia lost this game. May I speak? Yeah, go ahead. Going back to that missed field goal, your star player, false start, backs him up five yards, and hits the crossbar. You don't get that false start. It's a make. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. But, no, Georgia's defense fucking was so impressive. It was. After, on, on that stop. It like, was. And I literally, I literally called my dad. I was like, Dad, us not getting those four points – are, is gonna come back and bite us in the ass, and it, it almost, almost did. did. It almost, did. it almost fucking did. Yeah. But that last drive, man. I, so I was on the way to I, I feel so bad. I was on the way to a hockey game, and I had, I was listening to it on the radio, like George's radio. Oh man, that was the funniest shit I've ever heard. They're yeah. like, man, we just cannot stop Jalen Milrow, huh? Yeah. And it's like, and there's an Alabama touchdown, like just no emotion. No, nothing. You could tell they just yeah. want to break every fucking monitor in their room. Yeah. But, bad. like, how, like, you're Georgia's defense. You've been getting stops all game. They get a touchdown. You answer it back, and you have a chance to get a stop. This drive, the final drive of the game where Alabama ran out the clock, started with two minutes and 40 seconds. You had a chance to stop them. Yeah. You called. Both your two remaining timeouts on that drive. But on the first fucking play, you let Jalen Milrow run for 30 yards. And that listen, was half of his rushing guards in the game. I I told Sabi, I literally was like, I was like, QB run right now. Yeah. To the left on the to the left on the outside. He won't be stopped. Yeah. And listen, he was brilliant too, because he was about to go out of bounds. And, and he slid just, down, yeah. And he just sat his ass down and yeah. bounced. It was but, huge. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, Jalen Milrow showed real leadership there. Yeah. At the end of the game. And this this is together. the game that shook it all up. This <laughs> yes. is the game that shook everything up. Everything. So, the next game that went to the final. Both these games started at the same time. But we'll start. About, we'll talk about this one first. Big Ten Championship. Michigan. Boring as fuck. Twenty six zero over Iowa. And let's be honest, did I believe that Iowa was gonna win this game? No. Did they have a chance? Yes. They had a chance. It was Michigan going into halftime. It was ten zero because of a punt return that got him all the way to the one yard line and a Blake Corum one yard punch in. Yeah. This game was way closer than it should have been. Then Michigan started to pull away, but Iowa just simply doesn't have the offense. Deacon Hill was- got fucked up in this game and stayed in the game. It was the uh, turnovers, like the three fumbles yeah. that for Iowa yeah. really just blew it all away. Yeah. But I want to say, whoever the fuck mentioned that J.J. McCarthy should be a Heisman candidate is the stupidest motherfucker that I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he doesn't throw the ball. And if he does, he doesn't throw it anywhere. 22 for 30 for 147 yards. Yeah, if you're, throwing, if you're completing 22 passes... You ought to have at least oh, 250. Over, yeah. I'm even, listen, I understand if, like, it's over 200, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. I can, you can get away with that. Yeah. 147. But 
can we agree that Blake Corum is the Kareem Hunt of college football? 100%. One to three yard touchdown runs only. Yep. That is it. But it, listen, honestly, 10 nothing at halftime against this Iowa team is like. It's not good for Michigan. No. I think, I will say, I think Michigan got off kind of easy this year. They yeah. play, okay, I'll count this Iowa game as a difficult game. They played three games this year. Yeah. Did uh did Cooper play? Uh Cooper DeJean. Yeah, did he play? He didn't record a tackle. Probably because they didn't fucking throw far enough. I'm pretty sure he was on Roman Wilson. Oh. And well, Roman Wilson only had one reception yeah. for 14 yards. So that sounds about right. Yeah. That dude's nasty. He's about to he's about to be like in that Pittsburgh uh, Ooh, secondary. Maybe. Oh, my God. That would be insane. Him but, and Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Look, there's not much else to talk about with that game. So, uh, let's get into the game of the night somehow. All right. I'm just going to lean back, Grayson. Yeah. Look, I don't even have as much to talk about this one. So, going into pregame, I'm checking Twitter because Florida State hasn't put out who's starting the game. I know there's been the rumors all week. Rodemaker's got a concussion. He's in protocol. He probably won't clear before the game. All right. Twitter investigators come to my savior, and they did. They go out. I see I see first a clip. Quarterback's coming out of the tunnel to warm up. Brock Glenn, first quarterback out of the tunnel. That's a sign, okay? I'm starting to think, okay, Brock Glenn's going to start. Maybe, you know, maybe he does something. He's a true freshman. We don't know what he's going to do. All right, then the next clue comes out, and this is when I knew it was surefire. Brock Glenn. Had his ankles taped up. Tate Rodemaker, who in every single game he's been active in, has had his ankles taped up, did not have his ankles taped up. Boom. Brock Lund's the starter. Done and dusted. Little bit of optimism comes into my body. I send a text to my family. I say, if he scores a touchdown in this first drive, next season I'm putting in a Heisman future for him. <laughs> he didn't, and he played like shit. Eight for 21, <laughs> 55 yards. Yikes. Wow. And Yikes. I swear, like, he only had negative six yards because every single time he stepped up in the pocket, he was about a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage and he got sacked. Literally every time. Thank God for Lawrence Toafili. That man saved our ass. Oh, yeah. We won 16 to six, by the way, over the Louisville Cardinals, one of the best offenses in the ACC. Just want to point it out. They also averaged 6.6 yards per game. Or, sorry, not yards per game, yards per attempt. So yards per play, uh, running or passing, 6.6 yards. This game, not quite as many, considering they had uh, 188 total yards. But we shut the fuck down, and um, this defense won this game. The receivers did nothing, of course. Lawrence Toafili having a 73-yard wildcat snap that set himself up for a one-yard touchdown uh, was enormous. and certainly deserving of the player of the game in which he got, but Braden Fisk. Oh, my God. White Boy Rick is uh, his nickname on that team. Braden Fisk, the uh, the white off uh, defensive lineman, three sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, and every single sack he went up like this, ring finger, give him a ring, every single fucking time. Shout out White Boy Rick, but shout out Tatum Bethune on the defense. 
it, it was, I, like, my soul got pulled out of my body. Pass into the end zone. He's falling back to catch it, pulls it down to his chest, and Tatum Bethune hits the fucking ball out of his hands while he's coming down to the ground. Huge. Huge. No touchdown. Next fucking play. They try and throw it over the middle. Tatum Bethune picks it off in the end zone. Literally saved the game. We would have been losing at that point. Then Fitzy goes down, makes a field goal, makes up for the missed 45-yarder early in the game, goes 3-for-4 on his field goals. We take a two-score lead, and we lock him down again. Shout-out Kalen DeLoach. Shout-out, oh my God, Jared Verse. This man was all over him tonight. It was Jared versus the world all night. All night. And uh, yeah, we shut down Louisville in a, honestly, I know it's 16-6. Defensively, this was a dominant performance. Louisville could not get down the field to save their lives. Despite it being 3-0 at halftime, this was an insane game to watch. Yeah. Considering everything riding on this game. Third string quarterback in the game, undefeated college football playoff berth on the line you would have thought uh, but yeah it was uh it was insane and yeah. uh I look I, I do want to celebrate the fact that we went 13 or no yeah I, as a power five school we won our conference maybe that means something maybe it doesn't listen fucking with with when Jordan Travis went down y'all could have lost the next couple games exactly but y'all, y'all's defense stepped yeah. up and literally, like, best quarterback in the ACC goes down, best defense in the ACC steps up. Yeah. The way I look at it. Like, you know the offense is not going to put up the same numbers as it was all season. Yeah. You know how you win games? You prevent the other offense from putting up numbers. Yeah. All right? One of the best offenses in, in the nation, Louisville. Six fucking points. It's a great, great defensive game there from the Seminoles. Yeah. Literally, the most points we gave up all season was 29 to Boston College. And that game was just... Ran- and that was... Okay, I will say, that was coming off of <laughs> um, a wild game at Southern Miss where we kicked the shit out of them. But that was going into Clemson, at Clemson. So I think that's why. But after that, Clemson and LSU put up 24 on us. Everybody else was 20 or less. A lot of them, 13 or less. We had one of the best defenses in the entire NCAA all year. I guess uh, we'll talk about that later. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Yes. All right. Those are your conference champions. Yeah. Now to the the selection show this morning. Y'all buckle in. All right. Yeah. Yeah, buckle up, boys. I got something to say. If you are driving right now, pull the fuck over. Yeah, you want to listen to this. You need your undivided attention on this. Also, shout out Liberty, undefeated conference champion. Too bad it's the Conference USA. Uh, All right, so in order of how they announced it on TV, number one, Michigan, 13-0, Big Ten champion, dominant in the college in their uh, conference championship game. Go Michigan. Horrible strength of schedule. Washington, number two. Undefeated, 13-0. Pac-12 champion. Power 5 champion, undefeated. Go you guys, man. Number two. I love how you're you're making a point to yeah. say that. Okay. 
Texas, one loss. Oklahoma, interesting rivalry game. Maybe you could factor that in. Had a big win over Alabama. Somebody they scheduled out of conference. Big win over an out of conference team in the SEC. Won their won their conference championship, but did lose a game. Did lose a game to a team that lost to Kansas. Just want to point that out. Who also lost to Texas Tech. You can look at the rest of the chain on the second and short Twitter. Um, okay. But then it flips around how they're presenting it. And something unprecedented happens. The first of many things that are unprecedented to happen. The number one Georgia Bulldogs dropped all the way to six in these final college football playoff rankings. They lost a conference championship game. Every single person ahead of them won it. Fine by me. 100% fine by me. Five teams ahead of them are the five Power Five champions. Cool. Maybe there's an argument for them. I don't think so. I, I think if you win your conference championship and you, like, you're either undefeated or have one loss, you're, you should get in. You have, you have priority. Yeah, 100%. You should get in over yeah. one of those teams. Yeah. Next, they present it. Number four. Alabama, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, roll, baby! Who lost to Texas, uh, almost lost to Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State, but conference champion with one loss. They scheduled an out-of-conference opponent that they lost to. Wanted to say that. Um, Yeah. And then number five is Florida State. Buckle up. Uh, <laughs> Buckle the fuck up, dude. No, put the fucking headset back on. You're going to want to hear this shit. Uh, Look, 13-0, scheduled a, a preseason top 10 SEC program. Number five. Yeah. Beat the fucking brakes off of them in that first game. We go out. We win every other game. Yeah, a couple of scares here and there. Maybe some games we should have won by more. Maybe some games that should have been closer. I don't know. But we won. We went out there and won. Our quarterback goes down. A, a genuine guy that like had a claim for Heisman that he was going at, the ACC player of the year, soon to become at least, gets hurt against fucking North Alabama, which just makes this all worse. <laughs> okay. We then score 58 unanswered points. We beat North Alabama. Next game, Miami. Beat Miami. Win the rest of the games. Yeah, there's a little bit of difficulty, but a late hit on Tate Rodemaker puts him out of the game late against Florida. Brock Glenn has to come in the game. We win the game. Now Brock Glenn has to start in the conference championship game, and we win the game. What more can this team do? They scheduled the preseason top 10 SEC opponent and beat them. That's what everybody else wants you to do. They go 13-0 while having to start three different quarterbacks. They play some of the best defense in the country. They find a way to win their rivalry game with a backup quarterback. They find a way to win the conference championship with a third-string quarterback. This is literally the college football playoff committee telling the ACC that there is no power five. There is a power four. You put in two conference champions with a worse record. It it just goes to show they have there's nothing equivalent 
across the board when it comes to the values and the decision-making process of the college football playoff committee. This was entirely out of the hands of Florida State. Nothing that Florida State could do here would have changed their minds. They did what some teams wouldn't dare to do and scheduled a team like LSU in a home-and-home. They went out and did what two other Power Fives did and went undefeated and won their conference. They proved to everyone that no matter the circumstances they could win, they won games without two starting linemen. They won games without Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. They won games without Jordan Travis. And none of it matters because the committee decided that choosing between Texas and Alabama was just too difficult. And so they left out Florida State. And it's ridiculous. I'm going to pull this one out of Norvell's book. Why play games? Why are we tricking these players into going onto a football field and honestly risking their lives and futures week by week? If you want to turn around and throw it all away, everything that happened in those past weeks, you throw away. Is the committee formed to just get the best TV ratings? Is the committee put together to call some teams the best while excluding others that exemplified the same qualities as those that preceded them? Is the committee put in place to decide the fate of a group of young men that willingly took the field week by week in an attempt in an attempt to achieve the one thing, the one thing that doesn't change at any level of the sport, which is winning the football game, in which Florida State did so successfully and more successfully than those that were considered better by the College Football Playoff Committee at football. The problem is that football is decided by winning. The only thing that Florida State did every single time that the clock hit zero in a game was win. And Alabama and Texas simply don't align with that standard. So look, this is just the NCAA. First of all, they made a mistake nine years ago making this a 14 playoff. That's not even a fucking playoff. It's not. <laughs> okay. Now that they've made that right decision and expanded, they decide that they want to throw out the precedents that were set years and years ago, continuing on every single year. Fucking TCU lost their conference championship game last year and made it in. Yeah, somehow they upset Michigan. They got their shit kicked out of them by Georgia in the conference in the college football playoff championship game. But when you go back and look, Florida State just has a history of getting fucked in this ranking. Go look at the very first college football playoff. That's the lowest that an un, undefeated conference champion has ever been ranked was number three at that point. The first ever one, that's how low they were. They were behind two one-loss teams, Alabama and Oregon. They were the only 13-0 team in the Power Five. You go to the next year, Clemson was number one. They were the only one. You go to the next year. Alabama was the only one there, number one. You go to the next year. None of them. Nobody was. Fine. Then you go to 2018. The top three teams, three undefeated teams. One of them didn't even play a conference championship. It was Notre Dame. Ugh. Not even a conference champion. But they're undefeated. Okay? They make it in. 2019. Three undefeated conference champions and a one-loss conference champion. Perfectly fine. Then, COVID year, 
definitely affected Ohio State. They go 6-0. and They get ranked third. Everybody else played however many games they played because that game that year was weird. But number one team, 11-0 and Alabama. 2021, no undefeated conference champion in the Power Five. You had the undefeated Cincinnati Bearcats as, I believe, the only undefeated team in the FBS. Then you look at last year, Georgia, Michigan, undefeated conference champions. TCU lost their conference championship game. Still made it in because they went 12-0 all year. And then Ohio State sneaked in because Alabama, Tennessee, everybody else had two losses. They only had one. I get it, I guess. And then you put us at five. 13-0 conference champion at five. It is 100% a disgrace to those to those players, the coaches, just the entire team itself. The fucking ACC, who might I remind you, the chair of the committee is a fucking ACC athletic director. Like, what else can we fucking do to get in? It's insane. I rest my case. Yeah, I mean, got a lot of good points in there. Thank you. Um, hard to argue with them. Like, listen, all right. Did Georgia get fucked over? Yes. Am I upset about it? 50-50. But, yeah, you're right. How are you going to have a standard and not follow it? Yeah. Because... Grayson, we've talked about this. 2014 Ohio State won a national championship with their third-string quarterback. Yep. Cardell Jones. Why not give these boys a shot? But I don't know, the, way, the way it is now, there's just – they, dude, it's so hard because, like, they're just fucking – Jordan Travis is the only reason you didn't make it in. It is. It's 100% the only reason we didn't make it in, and it is entirely bullshit. Because, yes, they talk about saying, we want it to be the best four teams. Let's go back and look. I'd be pretty confident to say that there were multiple years where one of the best teams did not make it. Yeah. Like, we're but talking we- about the the 11-2 and Ohio State team was way better than the Baker Mayfield Oklahoma team. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's just, it just, it gets on my nerves the fact that they want to come out and try and say, like, we're doing this to be the best teams. No, you're doing it for the mashups. You're doing it for the ratings. Yeah. The best teams are the ones that won 13 games, and you've proved it every single fucking year that you've done this rating. And the thing is, is that this was supposed to be the replacement to the flawed system of the BCS being a computer. But the whole reason they did a computer is because the group of humans that were picking it before were always wrong. What we're going get, backwards. Yeah, why are we going back? Why are we allowing human error? We're allowing possibly the most biased people to make these decisions. These are active athletic directors, former players, former head coaches. 
it makes no sense. How the way they look at it, the way they look at it, what's going to bring in the most money? Yeah. TV ratings. That's it. The way they're looking at it in their eyes, nobody wants to see Brock Glenn or um, Rotomaker play or contend for a national championship. Yeah. That is that is the way they look at it. But why not but, give them a chance? Right? Underdogs. You gave TCU a chance. You gave Ohio State a chance. Exactly. Like you, gave, you gave Cincinnati a chance. Exactly. Because all they did, they got fucking pissed off the year before. They, they didn't get ranked high enough, even though I think they went undefeated as well. And you know what happened when they got put into the playoff? They got fucked. But who cared because there was a story. There's a story yep. behind that Florida State team. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous to me. You know, like, when, you know, Grayson, and I'm just going to say, I was I was so ready to argue with you, and I've been ready all day. I just, I can't bring myself to fucking argue. Yeah. Because you're not fucking No, wrong. that's the thing. Like, I never said... Once in that whole thing. Didn't say that Alabama and Texas weren't deserving of a spot in the college football playoff. I just am saying that Florida State is more deserving because they did the literal. There is one standard that is constant in in football at every level. Win the game. The number one thing they look at when you're supposed to be doing these rankings is record. 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 Yeah. And guess what? Florida State has a big fat goose egg. And yeah. lost. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but don't worry, and bro. Whether, we'll, we'll whether it comes down to the injury to the quarterback, saying that the ACC is weak, which, first of all, we beat three ranked opponents who were ranked at the time. Clemson has made it back into the rankings since we beat them. And also, we beat eight bowl-eligible teams throughout our season, which is the most in the Power Five. What about, what about the three years Clemson was contending for a national champion. Yeah. What was the ACC that good? I don't remember it being that good. I remember the teams like Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, UNC, fucking NC State was like probably the second best team in the ACC at the time. Yeah, look at it. Dude, the ACC, they're dogs, bro. You Georgia Tech gave Georgia hell. Yeah. In their rivalry game. And yeah. bowl eligible. Like the way you look at it. But you're right. They did not want to have to actually discuss and yeah. make a hard decision between Alabama and Texas. Yeah, they they were scared of the support that Texas and Alabama have, both fan support and financial support that they supply to the sport. Yeah. 100%. Those two schools supply a huge amount of viewership, of uh, booster funds in college football to their programs, all of it. Florida State doesn't. And what really gets me is that, once again, to get back to the committee, Boo Corrigan is the only representative of the ACC, the only ACC school that has somebody affiliated in the playoff committee. He's the NC State athletic director, who is a team that has staunchly been for staying with the ACC. While Florida State, Clemson, Miami, other schools have all been very much ready to leave the ACC. I'm not saying that it was biased. And look, he doesn't make the decision. They all come to a group decision. I'm just saying, if that played into this, that makes this 
10 times more of a big deal for how bad this committee is. Yeah. Yeah, and this this selection show took the whole world, like the professional level by storm. You yeah. have former professional players uh, calling for madness and that if you're going to put Florida State out, you need to uh, have an emergency 16 playoff because yeah. Florida State deserves to play. And by player i'm talking it was jj watt yeah jj watt said the bullshit yeah but then you have what got absurd to me first of all the panel they had on the selection show included reese davis greg mcelroy (laughs) no yeah i wonder where he was the quarterback at greg's a good guy he knows the stuff he's not biased yeah it's why he was immediately like defending the hill literally me he's like oh i'm devastated for florida state but they didn't deserve to get in because of their quarterback i'm thank god for booger mcfarland defending us out there because everybody else sat on that panel and talked shit about our team and kept saying that we didn't deserve it so respect to booger mcfarland which pretty sure he played at lsu yeah he played at lsu this guy did not have to defend us and he did. And and then Reese is out here being an asshole to him about it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. And I get it for Reese. Reese just wants to call the best games. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But come on. And Herb Street, fuck Herb Street. He's been against us for weeks now about this. That's yeah. Ever, ever since Jordan this. Travis went down, yeah. he was ready to boot y'all out, no matter yeah. what y'all's record were. Definitely. Uh, yeah. This so uh, personally, top four should have been Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Texas. That's how it should have went. Yes, I I agree. That is exactly how it should have went. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I would have. Okay. Once again, we get to this thing where we talked about the committee didn't want to make a decision. I don't even want to make a decision between Alabama and Texas because personally. I think the fact that Texas lost to Oklahoma and how we've seen Alabama grow throughout the season almost gets rid of that head-to-head win. Yeah, it's the thing. Like It's like they value part of their standard, but throw the rest out the window. Yeah. That's, that's the I, way you I personally, play. I think, play them right now, Alabama beats the brakes off of Texas. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, they would see a completely different Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Off... Yeah, it's like, listen. Jalen Milrow got benched the week after that game. Mm-hmm. And he and then he just beat the number one team in the SEC championship. Yeah. It's a different Alabama team. They would yeah. I think things go a different way. Yeah. We'll Let see. Me tell you, I'll tell you I'll tell you right now, Nick Saban's coming for blood in that that playoff. Oh yeah. Also, Michigan fans, uh don't fucking try and defend our hill. <laughs> That's the bullshit. Don't don't yeah. you fucking try anything. First of all, you're probably not going to beat Alabama. No. And second no, of all, you guys saying, "Oh, don't worry, we'll beat them for you." That's like that's like a guy being like, "No, oh, don't worry, I'll fuck your girlfriend for you." <laughs> like they took what was ours. Yeah. And then it's like, "Well, I will just we'll take care of it for you, man. Don't worry." Like that's that's so stupid. I don't want them on my side. And you know what's funny? Michigan, 
when they found out that they were playing Alabama. Oh, they were pissed. They wanted to play Florida State because they yeah. thought it'd be an easier win. Yeah, guess what? Y'all about to get your teeth knocked in, bro. Yeah. JJ McCarthy, Dallas Turner's about to rip your fucking head off. Yeah. All right. I just want everybody to know I want Washington to win it all. Yeah. Will they? Probably not. But I want just it to so, just so everybody knows, I want Alabama to win it all. Yeah. Actually, I want Florida State to win it all personally. Um, unfortunately, that can't happen. But yeah. But can we agree that this year would have been the perfect? 12 oh my team? god, dude. Okay, like, so all right, let's look at the so final. They, let's look at the final ranking real quick. Yeah. And then while you're pulling it up, so during the selection show, they pulled up, uh, like what the playoff bracket would be. So the way they have it, four teams, with the Pac-12 being gone, four teams get. A first round buy. Also, okay. D- does the best Power Five school make it in at twelve? If they aren't already in there, because I saw ESPN posted a bracket and it had Liberty at twelve, but they came in at twenty third in the CFP. I think I think it's the best group of five. Okay, but I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, and I I didn't either. Uh, you know, they like to just make shit up as they go. Yeah. But um, I think they said like if you win your conference. You get a first round buy. Yeah. I think they said that no matter like what your record is. No, I, I think it's still just the top four because if if it was the whole they, power they, five, they can't get five first round buys. Yeah. Well well, there's not gonna be a power five next year. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Now. Yeah. Yeah, because they said um the way they were looking at it, they're like, um, fortunately, this is just because they showed top four how it is right now and yeah. the four conference champ they're like lucky for us this is how it, it looks right now uh but the conference champion gets a first round bye yeah that is the way they're setting it up next year so um honestly that's really honestly how it should be like if you win your conference yeah. you should be playing for a national champion uh maybe like a national champion there's been some years where like the pac-12 champion well, the Big 12 yeah. champion should not be playing for a national championship. Yeah, there's like some some like gray areas. Yes, but right now, let's – okay. I'm just ignoring the fact that a group of five schools is going to get in because Liberty would ruin this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but you would get Florida State versus Oklahoma. You would get Georgia versus Ole Miss, Ohio State versus Penn State, and Oregon versus Missouri. Those are amazing matchups. The worst matchup might be Ohio State versus Penn State. Because we already saw it. And, you know, Grayson, we, we were so close from day one. Remember? Predicting our national championship yeah. game. Florida State, Alabama. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. We'll go win it for you. No. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Fuck you. Um, yeah, and then... After that, uh, Florida State, the winner of Florida State, Oklahoma, I believe would play Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, winner of Georgia, Ole Miss would play Washington. Uh, the winner of Ohio State, Penn State would play Texas. And the winner of Oregon, Missouri would play Alabama. I think. Pretty sure. Close enough. Yeah, I don't know how it's actually formatted. Well, overall, this would be a fantastic fucking play. Yeah, yeah, and key key thing, an undefeated team would be in the playoff. Correct. But 
we can only talk about this for so long because, yeah. you know, I, I hear you getting choked up. I know you want to cry a little bit. But um, <laughs> No, my throat is dry from talking nonstop for like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, at, All right, it's well, let's, that, let's talk yeah. about bowl games. Yeah. How about Cause there's some, there's some good ones. There's some great ones. Uh, so I guess obviously we'll start with, uh, the semifinal locations. Um, so we've got, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, you got Michigan, Alabama at the Rose Bowl, 5 PM on, uh, on New Year's day. Right or New Year's Eve? No, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day this year, uh, and then you have the other semifinal at the Sugar Bowl, eight forty-five, uh, in New Orleans. That's a late start, eight forty-five, yep. especially I, I, considering the Rose Bowl is another time zone over, two time yeah. zones over. They wanted they want to give that game the prime time spot because they know they know the other one's going to be a blowout. Yeah, that's fair. But dude, Iowa's got to. Got a bowl game with Tennessee January yeah. 1st. The Cheez-It Bowl. Or, sorry, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Not the Cheez-It Bowl. Different bowl game. Uh, Camping World. Yeah, Camping World Stadium. And then you also have... This game is going to fucking suck. Can we agree? <laughs> yes. The VRBL Fiesta Bowl. Number 23, Liberty versus number 8, Oregon. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is exactly. horrible. And Glendale, Arizona. Yeah. And then the ReliaQuest Bowl. Unranked Wisconsin versus number thirteen LSU at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, that sucks as well. Why yeah. are they subjecting us to that on New yeah. Year's Day? You're telling me I won't be, others will be hung over on January first, and I'm gonna have to at noon watch Wisconsin give up nine hundred points to LSU. Fuck that! I'm sleeping in. I might too. Yeah, well, and then when you go to Saturday, December thirtieth. Yeah, and you look at these matchups like okay. uh, I don't know Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl is going to be entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, but they they go for group of fives to be in their games. So Toledo versus Wyoming, not bad. A MAC versus a, a, a what's it called Mountain West, yeah, uh, definitely not bad. Four thirty p.m. on CW is tough. Yeah, that's, that's... not good. They streamed it themselves last year, but uh, I guess the CW forked up some money. And then you have the Orange Bowl, which I'm I'm happy this is how it, it panned out. We're not going to win, but number six Georgia, number five Florida State at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Yeah, we're not winning. I'll go out and say that. It's going to be well, nice to see how many Florida State fans are there, though. Florida State might fucking boycott. Like the players might not play. I honestly, like Jordan Travis isn't. Um, Mike Mike Norvell might just say, "Yo, we're not we're not fucking show." No, they're going to show up and they're going to play hard as fuck. Defense um, is going to lock down. Yeah. Like Carson Beck's going to like want to go home. Yeah. Well, the next uh, one, the Music City Bowl, Auburn versus I think, Maryland. I think this will actually be an interesting game, but it's not a December 30th game. Yeah, it's definitely not a New Year's, New Year's Eve game at like, all. But I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, no, I agree. The next game, Nashville, though, way better. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, but next game, Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Number 11, Ole Miss. Number 10, Penn State. Brock's coming home <laughs> uh, yeah. for the Peach Bowl. Gosh. Yeah. You're trying to go? Uh, no, I'm good. I don't want to watch Drew Aller suck at football for an hour or three hours. Um, 
So I'll pass on that one. But before that, the Cotton Bowl, number nine, Missouri versus number seven, Ohio State. I would love nothing more than Missouri to beat them. I think they will, bro. Brady Cook. They might just do it. Cody Schrader. um, This would be Missouri's first bowl win under their new head coach. Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And then you got the the Liberty Bowl. Memphis versus Iowa State. Nobody cares. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Not a bad matchup. Number 19, Notre Dame versus number 16, Oregon State. Two feisty teams. For sure. I'm going to take, take Oregon State in that one. Yeah. I don't know if Jonathan Smith will be coaching them, though. I think he will already be at Michigan State. Um, and then you have the uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, number 22, Clemson versus Kentucky. Don't hate that one either. It's a good matchup. Yeah, not bad. Uh, the Alamo Bowl on uh, the 28th, you got Arizona versus Oklahoma. That's might be one of my favorite matchups. Arizona, Arizona versus Oklahoma. And then you have uh, the Pop-Tarts Bowl which I believe was what the Cheez-It Bowl was last year because uh, it's at the same location. Uh, number 18, NC State, versus number 25, Kansas State. Once again, not a bad matchup. Uh, then you got some bad ones, <laughs> some bad matchups. Yep. This one's at Yankee Stadium. Though. Yeah, and the other one's at Fenway Park. Uh, you got the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers versus Miami. I would assume that's Miami, Florida, not Miami of Ohio, uh, but yep. they did not say. And then uh, you got the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, Boston College versus number 24, SMU. That sucks. Both of those games suck. Bad. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, day before that, though, a couple of good ones. Uh, you got the Texas Bowl, uh, NRG Stadium, the site of the uh, college football <laughs> playoff national championship game. A&M versus Oklahoma State. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the DirecTV Holiday Bowl, number 15, yeah. Louisville versus USC. I would love nothing more than Louisville to just wipe the fucking brakes off of USC just to prove that us stopping Louisville was amazing. And this is at Petco Park? Yeah, another another baseball field. And we're not done with that. No, There's we a- aren't. Uh, but we have the Dukes Mayo Bowl, North Carolina versus West Virginia. Got a feeling North Carolina is going to beat the shit out of them. Oh, I also want to see Mac Brown covered in mayo. That would be funny. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. <laughs> That's the title. Uh, the Virginia Tech versus Tulane. Tulane's going to beat the shit out of Virginia Tech. It's no disputing oh. that. Uh, guaranteed Rate Bowl, Kansas versus UNLV. I don't really care. Uh, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Texas State versus Rice uh, in Dallas. Got the oh, quick the, uh, Oh, go ahead. The Kansas UNLV Chase Field. Yeah, Chase Field in Phoenix. Uh, quick Lane Bowl, Bowling Green versus Minnesota, Ford Field in Detroit. Once again, nobody really cares. Uh, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, which was announced a few days ago, I think. Um, at it's going to be Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State at, uh, in Honolulu. Hey. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, Northwestern versus Utah. I hope Utah can win that game. Um, no talent, but it's at Allegiant Stadium. The 68 Ventures Bowl, South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan in Mobile, Alabama. That is a shit fucking matchup in a shit fucking city. Uh, yeah, wait, a that's... Bad stadium. 
poor Eastern Michigan. South Alabama's got basically like a home yeah. game. South Alabama's just got to drive north a little bit. Yeah. Fucking Michigan's <laughs> got to drive across the fucking country. Yeah. Speaking of, the same thing happens here. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Utah State versus Georgia State in Boise. Poor Georgia State, bro. Yeah, that's tough. I hope Georgia State goes and whoops that ass. I agree. Rep Georgia well, because I don't I don't even know if Southern made a bowl game. They they did. We'll they talk did? about it later. Okay. Yep. Uh okay. James Madison made it made it to their bowl game. They're facing Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. You gotta let Air Force win that. Come on now. Nah, JM, JMU has too much to play for. <laughs> they got they let him into a bowl. They gotta win yep. it. Yeah. Uh the Camellia Bowl, I believe is how you say it. Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. I think that's the bowl game that Georgia Southern played in last year. That's in Montgomery, Alabama. The Birmingham Bowl. Georgia Tech getting back to bowl eligibility, playing Troy. I believe Troy won the Sun Belt. Wait, you know that's Troy versus Duke, right? Oh, I'm seeing Georgia Tech versus Troy for the Birmingham Bowl. What are you on right now? Bleacher Report. Money ESPN. Huh. Did I get any others wrong? No. Because I'm seeing right. UCF versus Duke is the next one. I'm, I got UCF for Georgia Tech. And the Union Home Mortgage. Yeah. Bowl. Oh, that's uh, weird. That's Georgia Tech and Duke. Bro. Whatever. All right, UCF. Yeah, whatever. Um. Either way. Yeah, either way. Not bad matchups either way. Um, I, I like the Georgia Tech-UCF matchup, honestly. Yeah. The colors are going to be hard for you to pick up, but... Yeah, that will be tough for me. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully hopefully Tech will just wear purple. Let me just get it all out of the way. <laughs> what the fuck would win? What? what? Do they not wear purple? Georgia Tech does not wear purple. They are yellow and gold. Of? Who was I thinking of? I have no fucking idea. No, they have purple. Don't they? No. Or do they have like a navy blue? Yeah, they have navy blue. Fuck. Who is it that Ah. has purple? Does Clemson have a purple jersey? Uh, yes. Sort of. Yeah, they have like a purple and orange. Okay, cool. Well, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Next, uh, the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, South Florida versus Syracuse in Boca Raton, Florida. That is unfair placement. It's literally an yeah. FAU stadium. <laughs> um, the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl in uh, Frisco, Texas, if you can believe it. And is... the University of Texas, San Antonio. Yeah, uh, versus Marshall. That's yep. interesting. Uh, the famous Toastery Bowl, Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion in Charlotte. And then we're getting into the ones that are like coming up in a couple weeks. Um the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, Cal versus Texas Tech at Independence Stadium in Shreveport. Then you got the LA Bowl, Boise State versus UCLA at SoFi Stadium. How the fuck do they play at SoFi? I don't know. It's like right down the road for UCLA anyway. Uh, you got Isleta New Mexico Bowl with New Mexico State <laughs> versus Fresno State. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's literally New Mexico State's field. I think it is. Albuquerque, New Mexico. University Stadium. Well, he does that. We're going to keep going. We got the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. You have Miami, Ohio versus App State in Orlando, Florida. So that's not bad. 
It's actually the home That's, field of the University of New Mexico, not New Mexico State. Uh, gotcha. And then we got the R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. You have Jacksonville State at Louisiana Raging Cages. And Caesar in Super New Bowl. Orleans. Yep, in <laughs> Once New Orleans. again, what the fuck? Like those was, those two teams really aren't that far from that. Like Jacksonville yeah. State is in you know Alabama. Yeah. So and then we will round it out with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. You we have... forgot the Cricket Celebration Bowl. The uh, HBCU one, Howard versus FA or uh, Florida A&M. Oh, that, that's Mercedes not popping Benz up Stadium. on here. Okay, well that's also happening. Georgia's Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern versus Ohio. The, University of Ohio in South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah, that's basically a home game for yeah, fucking that's tough. Georgia Southern. Yeah. Yo, well, Howard's that in game. Virginia. Oh, wait, no, that was the wrong, wrong team. Yeah, that, Ohio's that game's at that nice. game's at eleven a.m. Nice. Tickets as low as thirty-seven bucks. We're not. Gonna... What's the cheapest? Cal at Texas Tech is low eighteen dollars. I'll be at work that morning. Got to be at work at seven a.m. that day. What day? Saturday, December 16th. Oh, yeah. Yo, is there a game in, in that? Okay, well, we're wrapping this thing up. Uh, we've gone yeah. two and a half hours now, so I feel like that's enough, personally. Uh, but, guys, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a tough tough one to get through for me, personally. I'm uh, here for you, bro. Nah, no. Nope. But... Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, rate five stars on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you share with all your friends, animals, uh, priests, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a new one. Uh, Colin, who's somebody they could share it with? Uh, Florida State Seminoles. Yeah, you share it with the Florida State Seminoles. Get Jordan Travis listening to the pod. Mike yeah, they Norvell. got nothing better to do right now. Please, give that a listen. Tell me what you think. Maybe we could start writing speeches for you. Mm-hmm. Pretty good writer. Um yeah, that's really all. Make sure you guys follow all these social media accounts down here. I'm I'm so out of energy. I'm way more energetic <laughs> in most of these outros. But yeah, everything I said, make sure you go do it. And uh, make sure you guys tune in on uh, Friday for uh, me and Luke. And next Monday for me and Colin again. Colin, anything for the people before we get out of here? Nah, man, it was a fun episode, you know, uh, for me at least. Yeah. And um. Great. Listen, today was a bad day for Grayson. It was. Okay. Yeah. He lost four times. We're not going to go in depth on what he lost, but he lost four times. Yep. So that's how we're going to round out. That is certainly how we're going to round out. Uh, Yeah, that's it. That's it. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Later.